month of july uh here we go we're exhausted we are yes we are <laughs> all right lethal weapon 2 diplomatic community also written by jeffrey bohm who wrote uh indiana jones on the last crusade well mm-hmm. i'll be a monkey's uncle yeah wow um Good. they both have a lot of energy and they're a lot of fun and again got great uh my favorite in the series yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd I, say so. I think too. Yeah. the movie that absolutely, I mean, Lethal Weapon, I think some people don't like when the movies got a little more comedic. Uh, Lethal Weapon 2 certainly does. It kind of throws nice in the kind of Three Stooges yeah. kind of vibe. Oh, it, it. It, opens oh for sure. with, uh, it opens with the Warner Brothers cartoon jingle. It was like, right. whoa, we are really, we are doubling down on the comedy here. Yeah, we are. But I also love, like, at right after that, it just goes right in the middle of a chase scene, and, like, great Gibson is just like, yeah, man, let's do this! <laughs> yeah. And we're just like, what a great way to open the film. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's, it's just really, that kind of energy. It's really fantastic. And, and, you know, but then brings back, goes into that darkness again by the end of the film, and so it, it's not a complete parody of, it, of itself. It actually has uh, a connection to the first film mm-hmm. and the, you know, the, the Riggs character and whatnot. Um, I've, I've always been a fan of this series, generally, but this was the one that I think brought together all of its best elements into a singular package. Uh, the action scenes are, are terrific. The chemistry, obviously, yeah. uh, is entirely there. Joe uh, Pesci shows up and is you know, doing yeah. Joe this Pesci is the start stick. of the Joe Pesci like okay renaissance okay. kind of thing, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, like his, mm-hmm. his his new career pretty much started here, mm-hmm. and it would of sure. course like take go to another level next year. But mm-hmm. uh, but this is kind of where it, it starts up again. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and Riggs was supposed to die at the end That's of right. this movie. Yeah, he yeah. was supposed to die, and uh, <laughs> you could see them actually pull it back in real time. <laughs> <laughs> during the movie, just like he's gonna die, and like, nope, he's just joking. Okay, end of the movie, and everything's fine. Uh, end of the you know, George Harrison song, and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Sure, yep. but oh, no, it's, I, it's I, a blast. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. is terrific. I never understood mm-hmm. Nick's hatred for this series. I, I, I think they're fun. I don't know if there's no, any specific reason. I mean, it's like buddy cop movie, you yeah. Know? And I mean, a, it's a good quint- one, and a well directed like quintessential, you know. Buddy Cop, I mean, in 48 Hours, Lethal Weapon, those, yeah, are, those yeah. are your staples right there. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Wesley. Okay. And well. Another buddy movie that indeed. is not very good. No. Uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Ooh. Don't you see? Don't you see? We just uncovered a $2 million error. We're going to be heroes. We're going up the corporate ladder. It appears as if somebody's trying to defraud the company. Somebody mm-hmm. tried to smoke it past the wrong guy. Very, very good work. How would you two like to come to my house at the beach? Love to! For Larry and Richard. How are you? This is a place to die for. You have to kill them, Vito. A little rusty. 
If it'll come back to me. What? Should, should we just walk in? But what they don't realize. No, we'll stand out here on weekend. Come on, we're out again. Is while they're checking in. Forget the accident with the two guys. Take care of Lomax. Bernie Lomax will be checking out. Oh my God! What kind of a host invites you to his house for the weekend and dies on you? This was uh, we were trying to the comedic stylings of Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman. Um, although I gotta say, it's not good. But I did kind of enjoy <laughs> seeing Andrew McCarthy try this sort of thing out. He's clearly having fun trying to be I, like. I've always kind of liked him. The comedian. Oh, I, 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 I generally have liked yeah. him in, in yeah, a lot of movies. He's but, charming. But and I, but I kind of enjoyed like the energy he was trying to bring to this and watching him try to do it, even though it's not a good movie. No, but, I'll, I'll say this much: there, the first time I ever saw a clip from this movie before I even knew what the movie was really about, they first showed the clip of the scene where they're on the boat and they end up dragging Bernie. <laughs> yes. And I laughed so hard at that the first time I yeah. saw that. I, I you know, I, I so want to see this movie. Uh, but, you know, and I, I, I will grant you that Andrew McCarthy is trying. Yeah. Okay. But this movie also has perennial understudy Jonathan Silverman. It's like literally like if you can't get Matthew Broderick, you call Jonathan Silverman. <laughs> and it's like everything about his career just screams... Well, we couldn't get the guy we wanted, yeah. so let's get Jonathan Silverman. <laughs> His entire career is like that, and it's just it's the it. Fo- I'm sorry, I can't. I, every time I see him, I'm just like, nope, they didn't get nope. who they wanted. Nope, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah, from the director the, of First Blood. Yes, comes Ted, weekend Ted Kotcheff, yeah. right, and an uncommon valor, I believe, correct? Yeah, and um, Wake and Fright. A really good, yeah, uh, um, Australian film. The, the best thing I can say about this movie is that it's not Weekend at Bernie's two. Yeah, Weekend at Bernie's two is awful, mm-hmm. like abysmal. Yeah, and you have Catherine Mary Stewart. It's always nice to see her. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, yep. there's, there's, oh, it's, a, it's, it's bad, there's but bad. <laughs> it's not bad, bad, mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then we got one of the most revered and beloved uh, rom-coms of all time. Men and women can't be friends because no man can be friends with a woman that he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with her. So you're saying that a man can be friends with a woman he finds unattractive? No, you pretty much want to nail him, too. Grab. No, I don't like to eat between meals. <sighs> I'll roll down the window. A faceless guy rips off your clothes, and that's the sex fantasy you've been having since you were 12. Exactly the same. Well, sometimes I vary it a little. Which part? What I'm wearing. You tell her about other women. Yeah. Like the other night. I made love to this woman, and it was so incredible. I took her to a place that wasn't human. She actually meowed. You made a woman meow? Uh, when Harry Met Sally was uh, summer of '89, um, and a movie that is still a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I still like, like this it. movie. I still like this yeah. movie a lot. I, I mean, never was in the love category for it, no. the way most people I think are. I'm, I'm right there with the borderline it's, of love for it. I think that sure, I can understand why. It's amazing. It's, it's, I think it's really funny. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, it's 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 an encapsulation of all the, the rom com cliches, but it's smart mm-hmm. and the characters are smart. Oh no, it's and it's well written. Of all the Efron stuff that she's ever done, I think this is her, you know, her crowning achievement. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it was also a reminder that Rob Reiner, when he had good writers, made some really good movies, and he had a really good script here. 
and to yeah. you know very Cr- crystal really mm-hmm. kind of a, right in the hit at the top of his game yeah. really and meg ryan and carrie fisher and bruno kirby and it's it's, it's a wonderful movie the juxtaposition with the, all the real couples mm. telling the story yeah i, I like really that nice that's a nice touch yeah through yeah. it um yeah I, I i this movie always holds up for me mm-hmm. always has yeah that's good mm-hmm. uh are you, a, are you a big fan of license to kill i am okay yeah first Bond i wanted to get to I this one the theater yeah actually i'm a fan of the dalton bond movies uh and this one uh although i mean the villain it's robert dobby Okay. Well, okay. Um, Robert yeah. is a drug, you know, a drug dealer in the James Bond that. world is not the greatest villain. You kind of want them to have a little bit bigger plan than <laughs> just distributing drugs. Um, but it's a revenge movie, and so there's a, a, a little nastier side. It was the first Bond movie to get a PG-13 rating. Oh, really? Living yeah. Daylights. Living wasn't? Daylights was PG. Wow. Yeah. So it's got a little uh, harder edge to it. People are getting eaten by sharks. Uh, Benicio del Toro is one of the henchmen. Whoa! In the movie, yeah, he's a yeah, very del Toro. Hmm. <laughs> this movie, um, very young Benicio del Toro. Um, but I've, I've I've always been a fan. Of Why did it. Dalton only last two movies? Uh, he he just because it's this made him I mean, pretty people, good. Well, License to Kill was a huge yeah. Flop. Oh, it was huge. a flop. Oh, oh wow. Yes, okay. License yeah. to Kill hmm. made uh, thirty-four million dollars. That's hmm. that's yeah. I guess even, right. yeah, even yeah. Bond territory back then. That's not particularly good. It's yeah, surprising. I mean, Bond was kind of falling out of favor. I mean, this would be the last Bond film for like five years, right? Was there one between this and Goldeneye? No. Yeah. So ninety-five was Goldeneye. Wow. So yeah. Six years. Yeah. Wow. So hmm. um, so you know, we're coming at the end of our you know the Cold War era. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so mm-hmm. yeah, there's not much for James Bond to do. In the world, say drug dealers. Yeah. Just say no now. We're yeah. in the post Reagan era, and they like said not. It's not the sexiest of villains. Uh, even though Carrie Lowell and Talisa Soto as two of the Bond girls are very nice. Uh, Talisa Soto is not a great actress, but okay, uh, very nice. Um, yeah, no, I've always, I've always been a fan. Okay, and, and just people did not like Dalton because he was yeah. Cold. People did not want a cold. They were just coming off of Roger. He wasn't Sean Connery, mm-hmm. and he didn't have that goofiness that Roger Moore had to him. So he could, because he was a cold Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that Daniel Craig is much warmer, but some of his movies were. You know, Casino Royale was great. So everyone yeah, was like, "Okay, fine, that's mm-hmm. amazing." Uh, but I think Living Daylights is good, and I think uh, I, I like Lights Collection more than Living Daylights hmm. even. Hmm. So interesting. Okay. <laughs> no thoughts. Well, I <laughs> I meant to go I back think and I, watch it. Yeah, and I, didn't. I, I think I've seen them both once. Yeah, and mm-hmm. just was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I wasn't I crazy, like but you know. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I, I I will see what you guys think of this one. Shag the movie? No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> UHF Channel sixty two has the lowest ratings in the history of television. What they need is a new station manager. No, not him. Forget it. No way. A man of action. Ah! A man of courage. A man of vision. What's your name? Billy. Billy what? What they get is a man so desperate, he'll put anyone on the air. Hey, Stanley. Yeah, George? How would you like your own TV show? 
Okay. I'm a fan. I'm not. I'm not either. Oh. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not I'm the only sorry, one. I thought know. I was going to be the only oh. one. Mm-hmm. I know I'm. It's. I'm supposed to love it. You don't have right. to love it. You don't have to no, love weird. I mean, I mean like it's... fucking. I remember. I remember <laughs> Siskel and Ebert both gave it zero stars, and everybody. Zero, huh? No, this everybody is, hated it. And the Michael I was Richard like, stuff in the movie is kind of funny. It is funny. Yeah, I but know. I think it's just something. It's the abrasiveness of it that puts me off. Hmm. Um, I mean, I get why it's a cult film. I get the cult appeal of it. Um. And it, it does have some laughs, but for me, not enough to warrant repeat viewings. Um, hmm. It's I think it starts to wear pretty thin once the actual plot gets going. Yeah. And I mean, the plot's pretty weak, but I just... I, yeah. I, I, Weird Al's humor is... <laughs> I like Weird Al. I, I, I always have. Al, but yeah. I just... There's something about the... 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 the, the um, the extreme <laughs> tone <laughs> or the of this movie that just puts a me little out. in your face kind of humor. It just I just think the parodies are weak. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. It's, a, it's just as a parody movie. I, I like think the it Rambo falls... parody. Mm. Like the fake TV shows are kind of funny, you know. Yeah, but the parody, like the Rambo parody, the Indiana Jones parody, yeah. are kind of lame. Hmm. You know, I just I guess I, don't know. I mean. It's not Wet Hot American Summer funny. It's not like an all-time classic or anything. Yeah, I don't even you know, know if Wet Hot American Summer is that good either. Oh, stop. I'm saying. It's got moments. <laughs> good thing we're ending at 1999 and not 2000. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yell at you. Uh, no, it's okay. Comedy is subjective. I understand. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Like, even I, I watched it at the music box because Weird Al was there, and it was fun. But there were parts from like, yeah, why do we need the whole money for nothing Beverly Hillbillies parody music video in this movie? Oh. The entire video is in the movie because that's the brand. That was the yeah. Weird Al brand. So it's yeah, like if you didn't yeah, yeah, have yeah, that yeah. stuff, his the people who loved him would be like, what is this? Because yeah. you can't act. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's him being the center of the movie doesn't help. Much, I guess you know, mm. I I like Kevin McCarthy in it though. He's you know, there's, yeah. There's some good things there. Isn't Victoria Jackson like the? She's crazy now. Yeah, yeah she's, she's pretty crazy. She's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We'll All move right. on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did mention Shag the movie. I did watch it. Oh. Okay. Um, I mean, it's nothing. Phoebe Cates is in it. Phoebe Cates is in it. Um. Uh. uh Annabeth Gish is in it. Oh, that's cool. Um, Mystic Pizza. Right. That's mm-hmm. cool. Um. Not a great movie. I mean, it was kind of. I mean, it's a weird title. Like, are you sure Shag- it is a movie? It's- <laughs> Does it have to announce it's the, the fact? movie? It's the movie. That's the thing about it is like Shag. Am I supposed to know what Shag is? Because now the movie Shag is out. Is there is there a Shag TV show? No, it's Shag is a dance thing. In case you're confusing it with and, the carpet, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes, carpet. The movie. Right. Car. The movie. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's it's a movie that is clearly made in the shadow of Dirty Dancing. They're trying to make another Dirty Dancing, but didn't really have the energy of it and doesn't really have the the appeal of the leads going for it, even though we just mentioned a couple of very fine leads, uh, very appealing actresses, but uh, it doesn't really do much for it. And I know is I have it. Is Fonda in the movie? Is she? I think I she is. DVD I think right she here, is. And I know that's weird that I have the DVD of a movie is. that I'm not crazy about, but uh, it, it belongs to Carrie. So, um, uh, yes, yes. So, um, not, you know, kind of charming in spots. Not great. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I can see why it didn't do very well. Yeah. Starting with okay. the title. Okay. Moving sure. on. Another movie not that great. Turner and Hooch. Oh. What are you doing to this dog? Oh, just take him for a walk. Well, he's oh. bleeding. Oh. Oh. My God, how long has he been 
been bleeding. No, not long enough. You. Come here. I'll kill you. Hey, now I have a front door, you. I'll shoot you, Hoda. Well, you stay I'll here. shoot you, You just stay right there. Hey, hey, fix him up so I can shoot him. Oh. <laughs> I, though, though I'm, I, I'm very curious about who the original director of this movie was. Well, it's got four editors and five writers. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. That's, that's, that's <laughs> a, a lot. Cop and his dog movie. Then this is the same year as K-9, which yeah, we passed yeah. by, but K-9 came out. This uh, is definitely the better cop and his dog movie. Yes. Um, well, yeah, when you have Tom Hanks. See No Evil, Hear No Evil had five writers, too, by the way, including Gene Wilder. Just wanted to point that okay. out. Oh, um, good point. Good point. But do you know who the original... I, and I don't know how far into production he got before he was fired, but I... Think I would love to hear more about the story about why this person was fired, considering who it was. I don't know who it was. I don't either. Henry Winkler. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. You can see that. Interesting. Considering that <laughs> him and Tom Hanks are considered like two of the nicest people ever. Yeah. And they had creative differences. <laughs> yeah, I remember time, hearing that. Yeah, I remember. Hearing I that. Really? like yes, and I'm like, it's what? Turner and Hooch. I know. <laughs> what is there? What is there to? I <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> That's what I'm Maybe telling you. End, I, I, think a, I think there should be. I think there should be like an Alex Gibney documentary <laughs> on <laughs> why. I mean, he's it's Sunday. He's got something nothing to do. Yeah. Roger Spottiswood. He took over. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Stop or my mom will shoot. Mm-hmm. Am I gonna have to watch that? I think I'm gonna have to watch that. Stop yeah. or my mom will shoot. Yeah. No. Yeah, you will. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, 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 Turner and Hooch. I'll I'll skip over the Friday the Thirteenth sequel. We can Jason skip over t- Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah, or J- Jason takes the love boat. Jason takes sh- the love boat. Uh, yeah, it should be called Jason eventually takes Manhattan because he doesn't get to Manhattan until like the last ten minutes of yeah, the film. Yeah, last fifteen minutes, I yeah. think. Yeah, it's just it's he does punch a guy's head off though, which that's is the best part. The best moment in any Friday the Thirteenth movie. <laughs> yeah, that's the best seen. part. Right, that's all I remember. Mm-hmm. We got a couple of good ones here. We do. Uh, now we're in, so. we're in August. We uh, are. And um, my favorite Ron Howard movie. Ron Howard brings us a portrait of the American family. Hill, how long do we have to sit here and wait for you to figure that thing out? Dad, it's a family portrait. It takes time, all right? Uh, Whoops. Hill, why don't you let Nathan do it? No, no. Steve Martin. Gil, it's your camera. I think you should be. I think I know how to do it. Put film in the camera, Gil. Here we go. All right, got 15 seconds. Okay. Hey, hurry up. Oh, great job, Gil. Tom Hulse. Rick Moranis. One, two, three. Cheese. Lee Phoenix. Martha Plimpton. What did he say? Coupled with my favorite uh, Randy Newman score, and that's uh, Parenthood. The ensemble uh, comedy with uh, Steve Martin, Diane Weist. Um, Keanu Reeves, which we talked about before, Martha Plimpton, Rick Moranis, Rick Moranis, Mary Steenburgen, Keanu right. Reeves, yeah, yeah, said it. yeah. <clears throat> um, just you know, uh, written by uh, Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel, who would you know would eventually go on to write City Slickers and a lot of other terrific movies. These guys would be like a big uh, screenwriting duo, um, and uh, I, I I think this movie is terrific, except for one scene that drives me nuts that I don't like, but. Um, but uh, you know they put Steve Martin on the poster for this movie to advertise it. But for me, the star of the movie is Diane Weist. Oh yeah, she was, she was nominated. She was nominated. Yeah, uh, and it's She's great. every scene with her is fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I I love this movie. Um, it's it's re- it's still really funny, still really moving. 
Um, I think all the kids in it are great. Uh, the, all the stuff with Keanu Reeves and Martha Plimpton, I really love. Um, and a young river, or not, yeah, Leaf, Leaf yeah. Phoenix? Young Joaquin Phoenix, yeah, which Joaquin, is yeah. then we, uh, Leaf. Leaf Phoenix. Yeah, um, yeah also really good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this movie is. Yeah, I saw this opening night because I was a huge Steve Martin fan, and crowd loved it. Yeah. Loved it. It was weird. When I saw it, I saw that we went, my friends and I, my friend of mine was leaving town uh, to move to Texas. Uh, my best friend, I've known him, I still know him to this day. Mm-hmm. And um, he, we all, went, a bunch of us went, like 10 of us went to go see it. It was like the last day before he left. And we were the only ones in the theater, hmm. which was wow. weird. It was like opening day. It was like the 12 noon show opening day. And uh, the, I mean, this movie was a big hit, but for some reason we were the only ones in the theater for that screening. Yeah. It's definitely one of his best movies. Um, Steve Martin finding that perfect balance between his comedic and dramatic work in it. It's a fantastic ensemble. Uh, the truths that it has in the movie. I mean, obviously this ended up many years later becoming a hit TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the truths about it uh, the, throughout the movie uh, are universal. They, 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 they continue to ring true. And um, all I can think about now is what scene drives you nuts. Well... The uh, roller coaster? The roller coaster scene. Mm-hmm. I love what it's about. I love the way it's shot. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. really cool way that it's shot. Yeah. But <laughs> now that now when I work in an elementary school, okay. if parents just stood there and let their kids run up on stage and just wreck the place, <laughs> I'd be oh, like, yeah. screw you, parents. Get your asses up there. Get that kid off the stage <laughs> now. You're bad parents. Stop it. This is not. No, this mm. isn't cute. I know you think it's cute. It's not cute that your kid is wrecking everything. Mm. Um, that drives me nuts. Yeah, but I, I love what it's about. I mean, it's about <laughs> something good, but it just drives me nuts when I see it. Okay, so it's not the not the roller coaster metaphor per no. se, just the the fact that yeah, bad parents. I wish there was something else they could have used to express that um, mm-hmm. that epiphany that Steve Martin has. Okay, I wish it wasn't that. Okay, yeah, I, I, I can see that being now obvious. today. It drives me nuts. The, sure, the kid who plays. Kevin, Kevin, the uh, Steve Martin's son, yeah. in in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, believes from Elk Grove Village. Yeah, he's a local. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah, I think he's really good. Rind- yeah. Reminds me of me only less hyper about my anxiety. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I was more of like internalized anxiety, <laughs> but a much better Jason Robards film. From a much better. <laughs> you think? Uh, yeah. yeah. When I was young, I had no idea. Why people were laughing when um, Steve Martin was holding a vibrator in his hand? I was like, "What? What? <laughs> huh?" And then I had no idea why he got into a car accident at one point. Oh, right. I was really Show confused. Money. <laughs> I was really confused as a kid. I was like, "Huh?" Funny enough, I got that. I did not get the. Yeah. I had have the uh, other thing explained to me. Okay. Yeah. No, it's yeah. it's it's really funny and really charming, and it's mm-hmm. it's rewatchable because of that cast too. It's. I, I love everybody in this movie. Yeah. So it, it, it helps to have every... It's probably one of the first movies I think I remember seeing with the multiple storylines, essentially. Hmm. I mean, it's not... It's not like Magnolia, necessarily. No. But still, it was just like, oh, there's different stories, different people, mm-hmm. and, you know, they all sort of are connected in some way. So, yeah. <laughs> I just love that one of the big problems in the movie is the kids watching porn... <laughs> oh right! The, yeah. Oh yeah! How quaint! Yeah. And he had, he had Back to, to the Future. All he had a Back to Future Universal case. Yes. Shells, universal yes. movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Show that to a parent today. Really, yeah. They'd be like, oh, "I wish this was my only, my kid's only problem right You're now." Right. Exactly. 
Speaking of porn, not really. Wow. Well, no, well, kind yeah, of. Not really. I mean, but yeah, you're right. yeah, I know where you're going with this. I love yeah. it. A, a cliche. I, Hell of a ugh. segue. There you go. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Brain bad. <laughs> um, still one of my favorite Soderbergh movies for sure. <laughs> I think there are a lot of a lot of women out there that'd be glad to have a young straight male making a pretty good living. Being happy isn't all that great. I mean, the last time I was really happy, I got so fat. If you want to leave, leave. My life doesn't revolve around these little get-togethers. I mean, don't flatter yourself. You know, I, look, I look around me in this town and I see John and Cynthia and you and I, I feel comparatively healthy. How do you like being married? Well, you know the cliche about the security of it. Well, that's true. Are you having an affair? Why don't you let me tape you? In what? John and Anne don't have sex anymore. Did you make one of these damn videotapes? Yes, I did. Absolutely. I, I, yeah. I don't I know. Love... It, it might still be my favorite Soderbergh. I'm not mm, sure. Mm. It's possible. But uh, Sex oh, Lies and Videotape yeah. was a uh, a big Huge. big movie at that time. Yeah. Uh, it had a very provocative title. A lot of people were joking that, oh, it's the Rob Lowe story, right? Because that, <laughs> that story was still fresh at the time. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it uh, put James Spader in his most interesting role to date. Yes, um, very strange drifter character um, who just had this kind of. It plays to Spader and both Andy McDowell and James Spader's strengths. I think yeah, as actors, definitely, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. really, and Peter really Gallagher well. too, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, is it Laura La- Laura San Giacomo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for a movie that has yeah. a very provocative <laughs> title to it, it's got very little sex in it. I mean, like, like an yeah, actual I think that's what makes scenes. it kind of no sexy. nudity, yeah. yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, just these long stretches of dialogue and the, just this kind of hypnotic sort of Brian Eno esque music playing. Cliff Martinez. It. Cliff Martinez. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. it was. Um, yeah, no, this is still a movie that hold, this really holds this holds up beautifully. Under my skin. Yeah. This is one of the sexiest movies ever made. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and it, it, it hits upon the idea of the conversation uh, as a... Um, as we talk a little bit lower into the microphone. <sighs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> as an aphrodisiac, mm-hmm. word I was searching for. Sure. Um, like you said, there is very little sex in the movie. It's not about touching, even. Mm-hmm. It's a, But it's about embracing someone and... and, and getting into their inner ear with words yeah. and uh i mean it's it's a it's a cliche even in rom-coms and things like that but the idea that listening is far more sexier than talking even and this is a movie about listening as much as yeah that's what turns talking. them on essentially. right yeah right um that whole sequence where laura san giacomo does the videotape and what we find out more about it, you know, later on and whatnot, how everyone's shocked at what she's done. <laughs> and you're just going like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like, oh. Um, yeah. 
and it's like get me a camera um <laughs> but no it's yeah, i mean I, cameras every time sex. i watch this movie I, i'm just i'm stunned at how sexy it is even though there's so little skin yeah. in the movie you know we 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 joked a few times about you know some of the people in some of these movies and whatnot but this movie this is the thing mm-hmm. and uh it 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 still holds up remarkably well and it's a really even though it's a movie it's it's seems like a slow pace and it's all about talking and whatnot this movie just moves because yeah. oh yeah you are as integrated in the conversation with them as much as the characters embrace yeah. each other you're invested and, in it too. right it's the way they talk to each other and the way they carefully choose their answers and whatnot. And it's nothing's cliched about it. And it's, it's, it's so rich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It was a breakthrough of, is this what started Sundance? It, well, or... Sundance was, had been going on for a while, but this okay. was sort of the movie that really kind of sparked the new independent. Right. Basically. Right. I mean, do the right thing was a Miramax con sensation. Yeah. Uh, this one, you know, was a Sundance. Although uh, it went, went on to, uh, it had won the uh, Palme d'Or uh, at Cannes, and mm-hmm. James Spader won Best Actor huh. at Cannes. So I'm guessing that was the, yeah. the earlier that year. I'm guessing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So, great film. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, not so great. Young Einstein. Oh God! I'm not going <laughs> to watch it. I just can't. I no. used to see the trailer as a kid. I'm like, I'm not going to watch this. Oh, this was a huge movie in Australia. Yeah, which says okay. a lot. But, okay. Uh, but it's it's uh, and they tried to make it a thing here, and it just didn't take off. I mean, they released it in the summer, but because um, Yahoo Serious is not funny. No, he's not. And the, the the fatal flaw of this movie is it tries to derive as many jokes as it can from the theory of relativity. Yes, that's a problem. What? Uh, yeah, the, 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 this is a weird sort of uh, absurdist piece that is not absurdist in a good way. It's. It's just kind of weird and odd and icky and, and, and not funny. Just not funny. It's terrible. Yeah. It is god awful. No, I can't. Yeah. I just can't. No, it's nothing, nothing worse than a bad comedy. Right. No, you're 100% yeah. true. Except maybe listen to me. But um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Was Dream a Little Dream meant to be a comedy? I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But now we finally come to the good uh, underwater thriller <laughs> sci-fi mm-hmm. movie. The Abyss is an experience like no other, writes Peter Travers of Rolling Stone magazine. It's the greatest underwater adventure ever filmed. The most consistently enthralling of the summer blockbusters. One of the best pictures of the year. It's also something even more unexpected. A love story of shattering impact. Uh, The the Abyss. abyss. Which, <clears throat> along with Baron Munchausen, uh, had a very troubled production. I mean, you, anybody who's watched that one-hour documentary on the making of The Abyss, it's on all the DVDs and Blu-ray, or it's not on Blu-ray. I think I had yet. a VHS and it had it on it, or at least it <clears throat> might have been a two-pack, I can't remember. Maybe, yeah. Um, just Special a edition. bitch of a movie to make. But, uh, really good. Um, really great. Yeah, I... I, I much prefer the longer version. Yeah. I don't say that very often, but Mm -hmm. I do prefer the longer version. It makes a little more sense. The ending particularly, Mm -hmm. that was a big sticking point with this, with the release of this film was that it was, uh, shortened quite a bit for theatrical release. And it kind of, you know, didn't quite get the praise that maybe it would have if they had released the, the whole, you know, two, almost three hour version of it. Um, but, 
you watch this thing and you know i i mean still the ending it, it still feels a little weird to watch today i mean it just i don't know it doesn't the, that's like the one part of the movie that doesn't quite hold up for me even though it even though it's the new version and it makes more sense than the old than the theatrical version but there's some of jim cameron does some of his best work in this film as a director yeah uh, some of his most exciting scenes most emotional really hard to yeah. watch stuff uh you know anything you know a claustrophobia mm-hmm. underwater all that stuff still holds up um and the you know the action scenes are are great ed harris is phenomenal the whole cast is is under a lot of pressure and strain and stress making this movie but i mean it's on the screen and it was a, it was an expensive endeavor a, a really expensive film at the time yeah um, 60 million dollars 60 million which the most was expensive movie ever made at the time yeah really wow yeah mm-hmm. and uh and you can tell and it's on the screen it's all on the screen yeah i mean they were d- d- designing new helmets for the yeah <laughs> because they yeah, wanted to see that. their faces yeah. you know yeah. so oh he designed you know cameron just the you know an innovator in so many ways uh yeah th- i mean you, you look at cameron's resume and it's it's we did it, it, for yeah Club. <laughs> yeah we did you and i did yeah. um and and this is the one that's kind of easily gets forgotten about but mm-hmm. unfairly because mm-hmm. i think it, i think it is one of his best films yeah, um, it needs a proper release yeah of course. and I mean, I, I saw it in the theater, like, opening weekend. I remember I was so happy. Uh, well, I mean, I was 13 at the time, so I was so happy that it was rated PG-13 because I could just go see it. <laughs> yep. You know? Yeah. I was just yeah. like, just like, and The Abyss is rated PG-13. I actually went, yes! <laughs> um, and I was so happy. And, I, I mean, I, the, the two-hour, 20-minute version blew me away when I saw it. Even, you know, I, whatever the ending was supposed to mean at the time, it didn't matter. I just I, I ate it up. And then years later, when that special edition Laserdisc came out, oh my God, was I ran to get that thing? Yeah. And uh, like so many, like even you know, Aliens, you know, the the extended cut, you know, adds you know greater layers to to, to the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love everything about the Abyss. Everything I do too. Absolutely, it's one of my favorites of the year, and I I'm. It's one of those I wish I could see on the... I didn't see it on the big screen. I wish I could have. But I just... You know, I, I, I find everything about this movie pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, it was I, I, it was one of the first movies that I did watch, like, a behind-the-scenes making of because I was so curious. It's like, well, how the hell did they make this movie underwater yeah. the way they had? And it was fascinating to me. Ugh. You know, like, and I filming think, in that giant tank. Oh, yeah, God, and then like, covering the water with all these uh, little black beads so that you don't see any yeah, light coming right. in. Like, oh man, it was so innovative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then of course, like when Terminator Two came out, I felt the same way. I was like, how do they do that? And then I, yeah. you know, sort of watched. This is definitely more when I got into like how do they make it behind yeah. the scenes kind of stuff. And now we have to wait for sixteen Avatar movies no. before he makes another no. damn movie. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. Yep. Oh boy, mm. I'm, I won't. I, I won't. Def- we can just skip over Elm Street Five. <laughs> it's yeah. not. It's we skipped over we- Lock Up. Oh okay. <laughs> I don't remember Lock Up. Sylvester Stallone. You never saw Lock Up. I don't think I did. I never and saw I was it. Stallone, I remember, I was a Stallone but I never guy. saw it. No. But it's, it's it's not. I mean, it's not great. <laughs> it's a probably prison, why. It was a prison movie with Sylvester Stallone. Was the first time I ever saw Tom Sizemore. Was it the second movie? movie that Stallone is in prison this year? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, he was locked up funny. in two movies this, yeah. this year. Um, this is the lesser of the two. I would say I, I so. Guess. I would think so. Um, yeah, it's, you know, Donald Sutherland is the very mean warden. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but like Whatever. I said, Elm Street 5, 
one of the weakest. Don't like it. Yeah. Don't like yeah. it. Not good. Mm-mm. And then Uncle Buck, John Hughes movie. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? I don't have one. How come? I don't need one. Where's your wife? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? It's an even longer story. Are you my dad's brother? I'm your dad's brother, all right. Buck Russell had always been the black sheep of the family. I'm stunned that I'm related to you. Until one night. Buck, we have a problem with the kids. We're stuck for somebody to watch them. Oh, please, not that. Can we trust him? My brother, for God's sake. I won't let him get into that Satan stuff or any of the new chicks. I'll leave that for me. Wow. (laughs) I'm kidding. Now, he's making them breakfast. Cigar? No, thanks. Making them lunch. And making them crazy. What did you do? He's irresistible. I want to ask you why I'm so attracted to you. I I wouldn't even guess at that. Um, The other John Candy movie from the year. Not a teen movie. Yeah. Kind of. A little little bit. bit. It's got some teen stuff. It's, It's got like... It's basically everything that John Hughes. Is, it's got like all all of his his John Hughesness in it. It's yes. got the grown up story which he's been dabbling in mm-hmm. at, at this point, with she's having a baby and planes, trains, and automobiles. And then it's got the teen stuff, um, and it's of course it's all North Shore suburbs and mm-hmm. um, and it's and 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 he's and this is also where he's transitioning from the grown-up stuff and the teen stuff into the kid stuff because this is the big Macaulay Culkin, uh, the the first film, which he would make an impression on people. Mm -hmm. So this is sort of John Hughes' transitional film. Um, It's got moments. There's some funny stuff in here. John Candy is really good in it. Um, There's stuff, there's some slapsticky stuff that I don't think works. Uh, But, and again, with the whole... My day job thing, the elementary school thing, is like no administrator would ever say this or talk like this. But anyway, that's the what if they had a giant mole on their face? Right, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> that's the other thing you're overlooking. It's, is that's, moles that's, that's make why people say that, bad things. That's the make, that's what you put in these films. Yeah, so, I was um, never crazy about this, and I was I, I wanted not, to like it. I I like the darkness mm. of it. Yeah, mm. there's there's a real darkness to his character and the way that he responds to the boyfriend, the way yeah, he responds to that cool. school administrator sure. and whatnot. There's a really like holy jeez, hmm. like moments in this movie that I, I you know I mean he uh, that thing is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I've I've always liked the movie. Hmm. Okay. I don't go back. I, it's not a rewatch thing. But yeah. There, there are a couple lines that I have yes. used over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you I know, said, like I can I can watch John Candy referencing. do anything. Here's a quarter. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. No, it has. I guess it does have some moments, yeah. but I just never like. It was one of those where I was even same with Home Alone. I was kind of like, why don't I love this movie? I should. Mm. I'm on the right age to love this movie, mm-hmm. but it didn't happen. Whereas uh, the next film, I've always kind of loved uh, Casualties of War. And, I mean, it's ugh, dark as hell and depressing. Yet less rape than um, she's out of control. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's De Palma not necessarily being De Palma, which I kind of like. For the you most, know? I mean, he's got he's got some moments. split diopter diopter. Yeah, and he's got shots some suspense and, sequences. Yeah, like the tunnel. Point. Yeah, and the the 
bridge sequence right. and whatnot. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Palma. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and Sean Penn giving a larger than life performance as he does. Motherfucker! He is very yeah. motherfucker. You think you're standing up to me? I ain't doing it. No way. Oh, what's the matter? Don't you like girls? Haven't you got a pair? Is that your problem? What is going on here, Sasha? Erickson here don't want to ball the dink. How come? I don't know. This is chicken shit. Is that it? Is that your problem, Erickson? Huh? No. So what is it? Maybe he's queer. Is that your faggot? Huh? Is that your goddamn problem? No. So what is it? Everybody else is up for this. Um, yeah. You, you kind of want to have the most wholesome character as your <laughs> protagonist. In mm-hmm. that movie, because everyone else in that movie, I mean, John C. Riley rapes in this. That's how rapey this movie is. John right. Leguizamo. John Leguizamo. You know, he well first he's not going to rape, but then he goes ahead and rapes in, in the movie. Um, yeah, it's uh, not. I mean, it's not a. I mean, but it's you know it has you know metaphors. Metaphors go for Vietnam. That's it's there. It's harrowing. Yeah, like throughout. And yeah, I mean, I like all these actors, so mm-hmm. you know it's. But it's uh, so hard to watch. <laughs> it's yeah, really it's hard to watch. It's not a pleasant film. No. Yeah. But I, I, I do really like it a lot okay. in the end. Uh, I watched Let it, Let, it, <clears throat> Let it Ride recently. I I couldn't find this one. It's, it's on... Could have asked me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wanted to see. It's I like Amazon Richard Dreyfuss in, yeah. you know, in this era. So It's, a, it's, an, odd, it's an odd film. I Is mean, it about gambling? Because I yes. like gambling movies. It basically does. <laughs> yeah. It basically does for gambling addiction what uh, the original Arthur does for alcoholism, <laughs> and that it kind of celebrates it. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's very socially irresponsible. It's a socially mm. irresponsible film, but and everybody in it is wacky, um, but it's kind of an endearing wackiness. Um, it, it's kind of entertaining, actually. It's not. I don't think it's hilarious, but I. Okay. I it's it's watchable. Um, as someone who. Grew up a lot around racetrack. Yeah, <laughs> growing up. Yeah, that's fun. Um, I, you know, I talked about how Major League kind of gets baseball right. This mm-hmm. movie gets the racetrack so <laughs> right. Uh, mm. like, and I'm talking, you know, specifically like the the characters and the ones that kind of hang out there and the ones that you can even if you just you just go to a racetrack once mm-hmm. and you can tell the people that are there every day. You just you you get that sense. Yeah. Uh, and and this movie. Uh, like you said, there's an endearing quality to it. It kind of embraces that stuff. It's not really, you know, they're they're all lovable losers yeah. in a way throughout the movie. And Dreyfus is really funny. Oh yeah, this in this is movie, manic I mean, Dreyfus. Dreyfus, oh, good. Dreyfus, yeah. Dreyfus I like watching that. the. I mean, the whole movie is about a, a lucky streak, mm-hmm. basically, and uh, and it helps a little bit if you understand how he's betting and things like that. And the the, the scene that always kills me in the movie is where he's trying to he's trying to figure out where to what horse to bet and he goes around the entire tracks figuring out asking them who they want to bet yeah and then he just crosses it out this until he comes up with the one horse that nobody's betting he's like okay i'm gonna bet that horse hmm. um jennifer tilly you know full tilliness mm-hmm. in, in this movie uh is really funny terry gar i mean you got a, re- a close encounters reunion oh nice with, with terry gar okay. in it who's also funny mm-hmm. in it um yeah, it's 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 a it's an endearing movie. It gets the racetrack right. Uh, it's I don't know. It's 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 it gets slapsticky at times, uh, but it's it's it, I I always enjoy this movie. And this is Joe Pitka who went laid on went on to direct Space Jam. Interesting. Oh, this is the Space Jam. Yeah, oh. this is the Space Jam connection. Gotcha. Okay. You might want to look that up before you do this <laughs> because you might want to cut that out. I think you're going to prison, Walter. You don't know where I'm going. 
But something went wrong. I need your help, Eileen. I know, they caught you climbing out the window of some lady's boudoir. No, I lost my package, a prisoner I was bringing back from Germany. Dead wrong. Something weird has come up on this guy. Why would someone want to take the place of a guy going to prison? He gets into the country without a passport. Now he's in over his head. From all indications, we have an agreement. Damn it, Bob, we've exhausted the option. Tullis is insane. Gallagher knows too much already. He has to be eliminated. Uh, there was an Eddie and the Cruisers sequel that I never saw. I think the package is okay. Oh, the, pack, the package yeah. is a good movie. Yeah, it's Andrew Davis. Mm -hmm. Gene Hackman, Tommy right. Lee Jones, yeah. Joanna Cassidy. Mm -hmm. uh, good Chicago-based political assassin right. thriller. Uh, nothing more, nothing less to it. It's just a good, sure. solid, you know, It you know, doesn't reach movie. the levels of The Fugitive or anything. No, but not, it's, not even it's, close. Yeah, but, you it's know, still and, But Andrew Davis had a career of doing a lot of those type solid, of, like, really yeah. solid movies, you know, with the exception of, like, the Fugitive, all his movies are like damn solid entertainment, uh, and you got Hackman and Tenley Jones, and mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's good enough. Yeah, I mm -hmm. remember thinking that was good. Mm -hmm. Little Monsters. Oh God, nope. was that? Is that really? Is that the Fred Savage movie? Yes, yes. with Howie Mandel. Yep. It didn't. It didn't even make a million dollars. No. Wow. No, it's terrible. Bad movie. It's unwatchable. It does not earn. The Talking Head song "Road to Nowhere." That's what I end. remember from that movie. Ugh. Isn't that funny? Like that. that's the Ugh. one thing I definitely remember about the, the closing credits, right? That's when it yep. plays. Yep. Nope. And Daniel Stern plays his father, and they missed an opportunity for a wonderful inside joke with the Wonder Years. Yeah. yeah. But oh well. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Moving on to September, then. I believe so. Okay. Not a whole lot here, really. For September, not no, a couple, couple standouts. Yeah, yeah. Um, Al Pacino had a big comeback. She got a great ass uh, with right. the Sea oh, of yeah. Love. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, good. He is he had been out of the uh, public eye for a good four or five years, at least like since Revolution. Revolution. Yeah, uh, the big bomb that came out in 1985, mm -hmm. and uh, this is his film after that. Four years later, uh, <clears throat> really solid detective uh you know uh drama with uh or thriller with um who was it ellen barkin. barkin ellen barkin right um john goodman as his partner. sidekick partner mm -hmm. uh really terrific uh no i i this was um i watched this again recently and it held up pretty good actually it's good yeah no it's definitely <laughs> good and it, it, it always always say that it's always a sign of that how good a movie is when it's quite good before it gets to its central premise. Yeah. And, like, like the serial killer stuff, the, like, it takes, like, 40, 45 minutes before they're actually, like, really mm -hmm. investigating, before you really even get Alan Barkin into <laughs> the movie, which is quite a long time yeah. for a movie like this. Uh, Worth the wait, though. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Worth the wait. <laughs> Boy. Um, yeah, Alan Barkin is crazy sexy in this movie. Yeah, and I remember... Goodman, I mean, just, just going back it's, to 1989, we're talking about how Goodman just should just be in everything, and he yeah. proves it again here. He'll show it in another movie we're going to talk about. Um, it does, it, you know, the, the ending is a little kind of like, uh, Gee, I wonder who the killer is. Right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, so that's, that's, that's a little weak, but the stuff between Pacino and Barkin uh, is, is really good, and, and Goodman, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of all yeah, these no, psychosexual thrillers that would start to come out around this time, yeah, uh, th th this was a solid one. 
Uh, I've, been, I've been trying to track down Apartment Zero. I can't find it anywhere. It's one of those, because like Colin Firth's in it, and it's gotten a lot. It's like one of those sleeper hits, I guess, that a lot of people think is really good. But not just, me. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't. I didn't find I, that interesting. Okay. Well, maybe I won't. About it. I was trying to find In Country, which was uh, Norman Jewison's film with Bruce Willis as a Vietnam veteran, mm-hmm. um, and it was a, kind of a break. It was kind of a break, a departure for Bruce Willis hmm. uh, from the stuff he'd done before. It was more dramatic. It was very serious, and he there was Oscar talk for him. Yeah, well. there was. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. because he had, you know, he changed his appearance and everything. He, he looked more ragged, and he wasn't, you know, Bruce Willis, you know, the the putting on the charm. Um, I couldn't find it anywhere, but uh, but I remember when I saw it long, you know, when it first came out on video, I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I had that same it's, experience. It's, most people remember the ending of the movie where they go to the Vietnam yes. memorial. Yes, yes. They have the the mother. You touch the name on the wall. Touch the name on the wall. that I mean, that's the stuff that everyone remembers about the movie. Yeah, uh, but it, but it is good. Yeah. Whatever happened to Emily Lloyd? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. A uh, movie that never came out in theaters here anyway, but uh, oh, I, man. but became kind of a little cult film. Um, uh, Christopher guests the big picture. Look, Nick, I'm not going to bullshit you. I don't know you. I don't know your work. But I think that you are a very, very talented young man, and I'm never wrong about these things. I <laughs> love this movie. <laughs> I, I like it. I don't like it. I know mo- that's where most people fall. <laughs> yeah. I, I can understand people being like, it's good, it's fine. I kind of love it, and I... I don't know, maybe it's because I've watched it so many times and I've shown it to so many people, and I'm like, listen, Martin Short <laughs> in this movie is just one of the great supporting comedic performances. Everything he oh, does... He's hilarious. Everything yeah. he does in this movie cracks me the yeah. fuck up. <laughs> and Jennifer I'm not Jason talking Lee, to you. <laughs> I'll call you. <laughs> yeah, just the... Oh, so good. I have so a, good. I do have a special memory associated with this film, though. Um, when it came out on video, uh, it was, um, yeah, it was like, I guess around February, maybe, when it came out on video of, of 1990. And uh, my best friend in high school was a girl um, who I also had a crush, you know, I was also in love with her. It was one of those of things. I know. Best friend I'm in love <laughs> with, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we both had this, or she, she, told me about this way of getting out of school for a day that seemed pretty brilliant. So what you do is you go, and I did this this day. Uh, We both did it. Um, Go to the nurse, fake an illness. Okay, fine. Here's a pass. Go to the office and have them call your mom to come pick you up. Okay. Go to the office. They call your mom and, and say, yeah, can you come pick up your son? He's sick. Okay, fine. I'll be there. Then you leave the office. You go to the payphone in the school Call your mom back up and say, "Nope, you know what? I'm. You got to be quick, of course. Never mind, mom. I'm good. Don't, don't. You don't have to come get me. I'm fine. Okay, are you wow. sure? Yeah, it's fine. Boom. Mom thinks you're at school. School thinks you're at home. You have the day off, and that's it. So <laughs> we did that. No one, no one went outside to see, make sure someone picked the child no, up. Nope, nope, nope. Really, nope. not the way the school was designed. Wow, you couldn't really see. You just yeah, leave I don't the school. Think my school would have done that either. Just leave the child on the. <laughs> Yeah. In front of the school. No, there's no like, super. You know, it's high school. They don't care. Okay. Um, so <laughs> we both did that on this day, and then we went to my house and we ordered a pizza and we watched the big picture. We rented the big picture. Oh, so that's sweet. that was fu- that was awesome. 
Uh, no, I like. I, I just, didn't this is Christopher Guest pre um, mockumentary. Mockumentary, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think I remember hearing Nick praising it, and uh, I, I just, I think it wasn't until a year later that I finally saw it. Probably rented it, but I, I just found it consistently funny. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is also really great in this, and it's just a really nice satire. Oh, J.T. Walsh, God, mm-hmm. you know, so good. I mean, I mean, maybe it, like peters out a little bit when they're trying to finally like reach him towards the end of the movie, where it's just like a, a montage of all the agents calling him and leaving right, him voicemails. Music video, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and like yeah. he's reuniting with his girlfriend, and that kind of stuff is a little meh. But overall, I don't know. I just I, I another think this movie's really really funny. <laughs> another movie that should have been a best song nominee. In the chill of the morning, they strike without warning. They found you with a crash and a cry of Sieg Heil and Bonsai. They surround you. The whites of their eyes. Yes, mm. <clears throat> that's such a good song. That's good. I even tweeted at Michael McKean like, "Is there? Can I find this song anywhere?" Never replied. Mm. So I don't think I, I like saw song. this movie until I had been at Columbia college hmm. um it's a good time to see where it. we met oh yeah uh, <laughs> oh no it's a good time to see that that's yeah. a good time yeah. to watch this movie if you're a film student in yeah. the early 90s that's the time to watch this because yeah. i don't think because i don't think I, it was just i could find it like it was available anywhere at any video store that i was i was at even the one that i worked at uh and then when i eventually saw it i could watch the first 10 minutes of this movie all day oh yeah did i mean Kevin Bacon's short film with the chess. <laughs> I, I, what are you trying to prove? You know that is just brilliant. Uh, you know, all the Martin Short stuff, all the stuff of them trying to change the movie he re- really wants to make rings yeah. so true. Yeah, uh, it's it, it, it's so it's so well done. Um, Why could yeah, it be two women? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beach balls. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it, it, it's a terrific comedy, a yeah. really really smart satire. It got a proper release recently, didn't it? Finally, like it got a, it's a Blu-ray. There's a Blu-ray oh, okay. release of it. And I want to say there's a commentary on it. Really, I have to look at that, but hmm. uh, but there is a Blu-ray release of it now. Yeah, I watched this one a lot. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Did you ever see? Did you guys ever see Heavy Petting? The no. documentary? No, no, I never did. Yeah, it's really it's really entertaining. Really? Um, and it's got all my favorite people in it from this era. Uh, hmm. And so uh, David Byrne, Sandra Bernhardt, William Burroughs, uh, Spalding Gray. Oh, Jesus. It's like, yeah, I know. It's like wow. all my favorite people no are kidding. in this film. Did you direct it? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's and, and, and lots more. But uh, it's basically just ever, it's random people talking about, you know, sex, growing up with with. Sex and Laurie pill. Anderson, Laurie Anderson, Jeez. yeah. Um, and it's and it's got and it's mixed in with all this footage of old sex ad films from the fifties and sixties. <laughs> Is John Waters in this? No, no, okay. No. Um, but it's entertaining. It's it's fluff. I mean, huh. there's not much to it. It's it's just you know, it, as a documentary, it's it, there's it's it's pretty slight, but very entertaining. Okay, w- worth, worth seeking out. Well, I got it. I got one. the disc on Netflix, so it's not another one I'll add to my list. Fine. Yeah. Uh, but then we got a really good... Underrated um, Walter Hill movie. Walter Hill movie, yes. Johnny Handsome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the great Mickey Rourke. Mm-hmm. Another Ellen Barkin movie. Yes. She's right. fantastic. I think she was... She must have gotten some awards, I think. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like she was nominated for Critics' Awards or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I but I don't know. It's okay. Yeah. Go ahead. But it wasn't <laughs> not nominated for Best Makeup, oddly enough. 
Yeah, um, yeah, that seems like it would have been, but mm-hmm. nope, it wasn't. Uh, but yeah, really good. Uh, yeah, like you said, underrated, underappreciated. Still not properly re- released, as far as I'm con- mm-hmm. as far as I know. Blu-ray. Oh, does it? Yes. Okay. All right. Finally, I think I have it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yes. Um, I'm a Walter Hill guy. I like I like most of his yeah. This is yeah films no. and you know this is a good example. Yeah, I think there I think there are better Walter Hill movies. I mean, the, the thing about this movie is that it it moves. I mean, yeah. it is yeah. like ninety minutes and whatnot, and it just a lot it, of his it, it, movies it really are, yeah. well. Yeah, a lot of his movies. I mean, that's very true. Uh, but this one is like it almost seems like it by the time you feel fully invested. In the movie, I mean, the movie's like almost over. It's just like mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. like this is, it just works so so well. Um, Simple, simple story. It's a, rede- yeah. it's a yeah. redemption story. It's revenge. a crime story, yeah. revenge story. All those things. Um, Elizabeth McGovern, who we don't get to see much of, is you know the girl plays the girlfriend in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lance Hendrickson is the bad guy, and uh, Forrest Whitaker. Ray did the score, which is of nice. course he did. Yeah. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is the nice doctor. Morgan Freeman is the skeptical sheriff, police officer. Um, but it's 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 it's, it's a good film. Yeah, mm-hmm. you kind of know where it's going, but you enjoy it. Yeah, r- regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just I one of the things I enjoyed most about it when I watched it recently was just how relentlessly unsympathetic Morgan Freeman is to. Yeah, <laughs> to mm-hmm. scary, like Morgan Freeman <laughs> is playing the part of the guy who's yeah. not sympathetic at all. No, uh, to, until the end to, yeah. his, to uh, Mickey Rourke's plight. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I think is I think that's great casting. Mm-hmm. There. No, it's good. Very good. I guess we move on to October then. Um. Yeah. Yeah. We're into October. All right. Possibly my still my favorite Gus Van Sant movie. My name is Bob, and this is a picture of me. It was 1971, and me and my friends had just got an apartment in Portland, Oregon. You alone? What'd you think? I brought my rat-faced granny along to hold my hand. That's Rick, my old partner. Every once in a while, we get restless. At the local points of interest. What are you guys been doing? Reading Mickey Spillane or something? You know, it just seems like the other day I was saying it looks like Bobby Hughes has finally slowed down a little bit, and then bang, you knock off another pharmacy. Honey? Oh. That's Diane right there. I like Diane. She took a darn good picture, too. Better than in real life. Right out of the clear blue sky, you say you're going to clean up your hand. Diane, I can't do it anymore. I'm going straight, man. We'll try it sometime. It's good for the soul. Thing is, no matter how good a ripoff artist you are, sooner or later, you pay the price. Drugstore Cowboy? I think Very so. Very good. Yeah, no, it's a good movie. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite movies about addiction, I would say. You know, and it's... Oddly enough, that's the part of the thing of the movie that I think is lacking. Hmm. I, I I think the movie is an interesting movie about junkies forming a family and stuff like that. I think yeah. that dynamic and the, the high stuff that they, they do throughout the movie is very interesting. Uh, the, the belief in superstitions, that's right. In there too. The, the eventual the redemption arc that Matt Dillon's character goes on is interesting. But as a movie about addiction, it doesn't have the the ring of authenticity. Hmm. To uh, to the to that more harrowing parts mm. of it, uh, I mean, there's like very little. I mean, other than one character ODs in the movie, uh, yeah. possibly intentionally uh, on top of it, but they're very mobile 
for being That's who they are. True. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they, they yeah. steal a lot of drugs. They take what they they can. They, they steal sell from themselves. Sell what they can. And, right. Yeah. Um, but they're. I mean, they're very on point. They're not. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're screw ups, but they're not screw ups. Yeah. You know, and I think that that was the thing that was when I was watching the movie again, that struck me that like the redemption arc for Matt Dillon is less about him getting clean and more about him just walking a better path. Okay. You know, it's not so much, yeah. it's not like train spotting where you have to get to that point where mm-hmm. he goes through that withdrawal and it's, it's horrific. Yeah. You know, the baby He just sort of up and decides to quit. Really. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is not Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, you know, I kinda, like that's what that. I kind of like about it, though. It's, well, like it, I said, it's, it's a different type of movie, but I don't think it's a different like, type I don't of look at it as a movie about a, that level of addiction. Yeah, it's it's not clean and sober in that regard. No, but no, it's an element to it. And another movie with William Burroughs. Yes, so right. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> yeah. wrong. He's he shows up and he's great. Yep. Um, and then a big uh, one of the biggest hits of the year, uh, which was one of. John Travolta's comebacks that he's had in his career. He's had quite yeah, a few wasn't comebacks. The experts. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, Look Who's Talking, uh, mm. the baby talking baby comedy, but mm-hmm. not really talking baby. But yeah, Jim just shaking his head yeah, like never something. You never <laughs> liked Look Who's Talking. No. Why? I Why? Jim? I just Why? didn't find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> Help! Help! Put me back in. Put me back in. So you're the one that's been kicking. The one that ate all that spicy food. Now Mikey's mommy needs his help. I'm going to get you the best daddy there is. All right, I'm on the case too. But when you think like this little guy... Boy, I got to think about getting my own place. There's a lot to distract you. One of those little furry things over your eyes. No, no, let me grab one. Come here. There we go. Discover with Mikey the wonders of life. Fellas, listen, I got something cold and wet in my shorts. It's cute. I'm sure yeah, it's, it's, cute. it's cute. I watched okay. it the last month and was like, you know, I can see why this was a hit. In yeah, Bruce Willis is. I think <laughs> I think Travolta and Kirstie Alley have really good chemistry. And I gotta admit, that kid, when the the older version of the kid, adorable. Yes. Hmm. As opposed to Ghostbusters 2, Ugly right. Baby. Okay. Yeah. This has an adorable baby with the voice of Bruce Willis. Yeah. A lively... Br- I mean, Bruce Willis' performance in this movie is more awake than <laughs> the last 10 years. Than in Glass, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Um, I, I Listen, it's not it's great so cinema by any stretch, but it's it's a cute it's fun film. And, it, and, it's, okay. and it's, uh, you know, like I said, John Travolta's comeback yeah. role, and he's perfectly charming. Very though. charming movie. Why do you yeah. hate fun? I don't hate, Jim. <laughs> I just... Why do you hate babies? I, shr- I shrugged it off when I saw it. I was okay. Like, mm-hmm. okay. You're more of a look who talk, who's talking to or now. No, that's guy, the one with right? the toilet talks. I remember that. Mm-hmm. There's a talking mm-hmm. toilet, and the toilet is voiced by Mel Brooks. I remember that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. That's, I know. I'm so, sorry. Thank you. Mahalo. And that concludes our show for this evening. And uh, which means paddle home safely. I've been thinking maybe we should make some changes. I've been thinking maybe we should take on a singer. I want to love you, feel you, wrap myself around you. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven girls and not one who can carry a tune. What about me? Name? Susie. Susie Diamond. Catchy. You have any previous experiences? For the last couple of years, I've been on call for the AAA escort service.
What would you like to share with us today, Miss Diamond? We don't have much time. For what? What do you? Come on. Don't grab me. So every time we do this show, uh, I go back and watch a movie that uh, I saw once, and I revisit it, and it's like, wow, this is so much better than I remember it. This is so. This is a great film, and that for me, this one was uh, the fabulous Baker Boys. Um, I still love this movie too. I I absolutely love this movie. And the score Um, is the only thing that like. It's, like the saxophony kind of, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's fine. It's not but, very but, good, but um, oof. but it was nominated. It was nominated for best score, oddly enough. Wow. But I think that's just because it's a music based. I think film it's just it's just dated. Just, it feels dated to me. But that's about mm. it. You know. I, I, Why I do you hate I'm, saxophones, Jim? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I hate babies and saxophones. What? <laughs> but it was nominated for uh, best score. Um, Best cinematography and best editing. I um, mean, and, and I think should have been nominated for best screenplay. Yes, um, because I th- I think the script is really terrific. Um, the casting of Jeff Bridges and Bo Bridges together, I think, works beautifully. I agree. Um, and there's a is, scene in like a an alleyway that they have together where they're confronting each other. Yeah, it's really yeah, well and done. It's so good. Uh, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer is fantastic in this movie. Um, also, one of the sexiest films of the year, just period, with Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. And I just, I love the dynamic between the two brothers. I love, you know, one is just one is just doing these things for the money and needs to support his family. And the other one is just like, is done with it, you know. Um, I don't know. I just this one just when I watched it this time, it just hit me like this is so good. This is like beautifully. This is a beautifully written film. It is. It's, Steve it's Cloves, the, I think. Steve Cloves, yeah, went on to do a lot of the Harry Potter right yeah, adaptations. Yeah. Um, didn't do my. I mean, as a director, I think it was this and Flesh and Bone. I think are the only. Yeah, he doesn't he direct much. Since. Directed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Flesh and Bone is not particularly good, but but this is this mm-hmm. is uh, it's one I I wish I had revisited because uh, the I remember. Going back to 1989 or 90, whenever I saw the movie, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I grew up a little bit more and watched it again many yeah. years later. And I was like, ooh, this is, I mean, like, I really love Bridges. And mm-hmm. I mean, I always loved Pfeiffer in the movie and and Bridge, and both of the Bridges. Yeah. But there was there was more substance to the movie than the, the, the first time I, I had seen it. Uh, so I, I regret that I didn't go back recently and, and watch it's been a few years yeah. since i've seen it but it, but it's a really it's a really good movie it's on hbo yeah. now right now is it so, yeah that's how i saw it okay so yeah it's definitely worth your time yeah and then um one of the best woody allen movies ever uh crimes and misdemeanors uh this was a movie that um he's, i think he's been kind of building up to at this point because yeah because he's been trying to do like bergman for a while with he's been trying to do serious drama yeah yeah and kind of falling in his face at almost at pretty much every turn um but then with this one it just uh, the it worked because he it was 50 percent serious 50 percent comedy and that was the best way he could have he could have done a serious film at this point um, cause it is a really funny movie. All the stuff with Alan Alda is hilarious, yeah. I think. And then all the stuff with, um, Martin Landau, um, heavy, very dark. heavy. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, the way it all comes together at the end, I think is really beautiful and really, poetic. yeah. When they finally meet up and have a conversation and mm-hmm. he 
monologues. Was he nominated? Martin Landau was. was. Okay. Yeah. Was he nominated for this? Are we sure about you that? Be. I feel like he no. got No, Tucker was the next, was 88. And yeah. I think, wow. No, I think this got three nom- three nominations. I think Landau, so script, and maybe Alan for director. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. I'm maybe, but... Um, but yeah, no. This is this one has always worked for me. Um, yeah. And when I went back and watched it, back when I did my Woody Allen year thing, when I watched all of his movies in one year, uh, it still held up really well. And I know I think this is the first. Well, it's not the first one I saw in the theater, but I did see it in the theater, and and um, just yeah, I don't know. I uh, some of the funniest stuff that he's ever done is in this movie. While it's also some of the like really profound and serious stuff he's ever done that's actually that's actually worked mm-hmm. um so yeah big fan of this movie i'm not as much no i'm w- watching again recently uh I, I used well it's to, not I subtle i mean it's well remember the spike yeah, lee yeah that's what i mean like I, I could see that being an issue because every you know, time he's a huge fan of dostoevsky yeah <laughs> well, duh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like like every time they would go to the other storyline they'd shift from the comedy the drama and whatnot every time they went to one of those to the other thing mm-hmm. i after a little after a couple minutes i kept wishing they'd go back to the other one sooner uh okay. more so with the alan alda stuff because i thought I, like i even though I didn't, I mean, all the Alan Alda stuff is great. I didn't care a lot for the Woody Allen stuff. Mia Farrow. Um, yeah. Although I think Mia Farrow is really good. Oh, she's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think she, yeah. she's she's much better in the movie. Um, but then, like every time they'd go back to the Martin Landau stuff, I was just like, oh, you know, I just I felt <laughs> the weight of how important Woody Allen thought this was, and I because of the the shifting storylines, I've always preferred match point mm. to to this because match point was ba- yeah, basically the martin it's, lando it's very story similar. but done yeah. all the way through and i can see that it might sure. not have the the all the moralistic implications that crimes and misdemeanors does mm-hmm. but it worked more as a you know a connecting thread. yeah like an existential theme right yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know the you know the you know ball ball bounces one way over the thing and your you know, different you know, butterfly flaps is one, you know that whole thing uh, yeah i'm a sucker for that yeah, yeah. and this one is just like you know i just I, I felt i just every time the martin lando stuff came i just felt like woody allen just like see and pushing down on my chest mm-hmm. like you know and then here's sam waterston and oh, okay um <laughs> yeah well, it's a better blend of both tones than something like Melinda and Melinda, where it's like literally we're going to oh. separate to the point of like having narrators tell no, you. Melinda and Melinda is kind of insufferable. It's um, unfortunate. On both sides. Yeah, but well, most. I mean, this this side. movie really gets under my skin too with how things play out, uh, and just like stuff about having a guilty conscience and you know being being lucky essentially, like mm-hmm. yeah. getting away with something like that. Yeah, don't yeah. be guilty, live. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's just my philosophy in life. Just ah, screw it. I have a guilt complex about everything. Like, <laughs> you murder a couple people. Hey, maybe they deserved it. <laughs> you know, throw a garbage can through a window. Ah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Ah, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I know I I watched Next of Kin, but I don't remember it. <laughs> I should have taken notes. Swayze. It, it's not it, the it's not the best Swayze movie of the year. No, that's probably why. It's not, good. It's not very memorable. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, Bill, Liam Neeson. I think Bill Paxton Bill plays one of the brothers. It. Yeah, he's, he's, he's all right. Yeah. But um, there's oddly enough another. I don't think it. Brand Myers it, in it. 
Next really? Kid? I think he's or he was supposed to be in it. Really? He's a bartender or something in the movie. Oh God! I don't yeah. That. Jonathan Brandmeier, former Rody radio DJ in Chicago. Mm. There's a better there's be a on. better next of kin that came out in 1989 in, in Australia, which is this really interesting horror movie that Severin just put out on Blu-ray. Oh uh, well, yeah, I, I, okay. I I didn't know about that really movie interesting movie. Severin really well directed. Really? It's like I compare it to like House of the Devil, but oh, well, does it take like an hour to get to the devil? It's a slow burn, yeah, but uh-huh. I think it's really effective and okay. it's really interesting. Okay, that's the better next of kin of this year. Um. I, that I have no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you guys ever see the bear? Long time ago. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah I, I saw it. I, and I liked it. it. I I think it's really good. Yeah. I think, I, uh, yeah. I think it's, I think it's a remarkable it movie. Um, when, you, when you think about another production that must have been insane to be on, <laughs> uh, and the way it all comes together, I mean, it looks seamless. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, just you know, just this movie about this little, I mean, this, like you know, just this little cub. Uh, whose mom dies at the beginning. <laughs> um, and I, I say that with a laugh because I remember <laughs> this played at our theater and a lot of parents brought their kids to this and then promptly brought their kids out of it about 20 minutes into the film. Uh, it's like, wow, you killed the mother within the first 10 minutes? Gee, okay, we're out of here. Nobody ever saw Bambi. Bambi? Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. But this is the real deal. Like, this is not animated. This is, like, this is nature. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, it's got these weird like there's there's scenes where like the bear starts eating these you know mushrooms and starts having these little Whoa. acid trips. It's very surreal. There's a lot of animation in this film. I mean, uh, just like weird sort of uh, stop motion animation in it, like these these trippy d- dream sequences that this bear has. Um, I think it's a remarkable movie. Uh, uh, just hmm. what they pulled off with this. Uh, it was nominated for best editing, which I think is definitely uh, That's cool. earned. Yeah. Um, it's got a beautiful score to it. Um, a sequence at the end involving a puma that is like, how the hell did they do this oh, yeah, shot? I remember that. Um, yeah. It's it's so great. Uh, hmm. So I, no, I'm a big fan of this movie. And it was a huge hit like worldwide. I remember when they released the poster of it, um, they put a little disclaimer thing saying, uh, the bear has played to, you know, sold out, theaters around the world is like one of the highest grossing films of all time in you know this in 26 different countries or whatever and you can see like whenever the 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 few human characters are in it you hear them talking but the camera is framed so you don't necessarily see them talking so that the dubbing is a lot easier Mm. for them to do they i'm sure they must have thought of that when all they were making the film um that they were gonna the, the the this should be a really easy sell around the world because it's it's nature and not humans necessarily. But um, no, this is, I, I I've always been a, a admirer of this film. Not easy to watch if you're a dog lover. Got to say that there's some some unpleasant things happen to dogs in this movie. Um, but uh, other than that, I think it's I think it's great. Hmm. I'll have to rewatch that one. Um. Okay, I guess I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna okay, I gotta defend one horror movie this year, at least. Dad. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Shocker. We are here today to bear witness to the execution of Horace Pinker, whose unspeakable atrocities have horrified the people of this great state. He stands convicted of 52 counts of aggravated assault, 23 counts of armed robbery, 
and 37 counts of murder in the first degree. Prisoner, have any final words? Yeah. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Oh, I, I okay. like Shocker. It's a, I think Eric once, one of your, I remember, I have a, an early memory of you just saying this about, I don't know, like some romantic comedy on WGN. You just said, it's a stupid movie. I know it is, but I still like it. Okay. And that's how I feel about Shocker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know it's not. It's a stupid uh, movie. It's a very <laughs> stupid movie. Mitch Pileggi is a joy to watch him mm-hmm. just chew scenery throughout this he movie. Does. You know, Peter Berg is your hero. Yeah, well, that's okay. Mm, that's okay. Okay, but it's like a it's a Wes Craven mashup movie because there's oh, yeah. a, at one point it's like he's actually dreaming about the yeah. the serial killer and having yeah. premonitions and it's another body switching movie where he's jumping into bodies and mm-hmm. at one point he jumps into a little girl. He's being advised by his ghost ex girlfriend who's been killed. Yeah, that doesn't work so Mm-mm. well. Mm-mm. But it's not a great movie. It's, it's an interesting movie. It's I mean, it, kind it's, of fun. Uh, parts like when they jumped into the TV. Yeah, I like that. That's stuff. cool. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of points the way for the kind of movies direct that that Wes Craven would eventually do when he's commenting on TV and media, like with yeah. mm-hmm. Nightmare and Scream mm-hmm. Two. This is sort of like the jumping off point for that. Yeah. Sure, it's yeah. uh, part of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wouldn't call it high art or anything, but I, I the few times I've watched it, I'm like, you know what, this is fun. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. Everyone loves Dad. Hello, you beautiful people. You'll laugh and cry, says Pat Collins. And Rex Reed says Dad is full of life and joy. He keeps coming into my bed at night. When your father gets excited, nothing is going to stop him. Oh, grow up. Jack Lemon, Ted Danson, Olympia Dukakis, Dad. Rated PG. I joked on Dad just now. Did anybody have see it or have anything to say about it? I I, I was going to rewatch it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah. Um. Mm. I I have one solid memory, not solid, but a me- memory of watching this movie. Um. And I was watching it with my dad. Mm. Um. This was '89. Uh. And there's I mean it's Jack Lemon, Ted Danson, Ethan Hawke, three generations. Uh. Jack Lemmon's character is getting older. He's getting more fragile. Olympia Dukakis is the mom. Uh, throughout the course of the movie, Jack Lemmon gets cancer. Okay, oh, and um, so I mean, people have you, have you guys have you guys seen this movie? Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, there's, a long there's, time a whole, ago. there's a whole mm. scene in the movie that's it's really hard to watch where yeah. he's not getting the care in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And Ted mm-hmm. Danson literally has to carry his dad out of. I mean, this movie uh, yeah. is just hitting you with a corkscrew in the heart the whole time and mm-hmm. there's a moment in this movie where like Jack Lemmon gets cured and like the whole center of the movie is where like he then he starts to kind of rediscover life a little because he gets cured yeah um then it comes back mm-hmm. yeah. and I remember my dad looking at me and goes I think I hate this movie hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it was a now it's a little prescient. Yeah, thinking about it, yeah. and I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't bring myself. No, I have a couple, it, I have a couple of those too. It was an Amblin film. Yeah, Spielberg it was. executive produced the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, all props to Ted Danson. I don't think anything in the movie is their fault. Didn't this get a makeup nomination? I think it did actually. Yeah, I, and it's just, really good makeup job too. I yeah, mean, it's uh, Jack Lemmon is you know uh, almost unrecognizable in the film, yeah. which is weird, mm-hmm. but yeah. to say, but. 
Um, here's what I learned from this and Moonstruck. Mm-hmm. Olympia Dukakis would be a pain in the ass to be married to. Yeah. <laughs> and another movie that will be coming up soon. Oh, right. Actually. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. right. <clears throat> yeah, the, I can't watch... Um, I can't watch Frequency again because there's there's a scene in that where he's like, "Dad, you gotta quit smoking." Mm. That's that like ugh, yeah. <laughs> rips me out yeah, or something in my it. heart. I get it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. That's why I probably didn't rewatch really Dad either. Um, uh, right, moving on I? to November. Uh, oh, I guess. Hold on. Yeah, okay. I hope we're going to start with the first movie in November. Oh, okay. You want to start with Stepfather 2? I do not. Oh, wait. Which one, <laughs> wait, which one am I at? I'm at I, oh. I, For All Mankind? Oh. Yes. Oh, yeah. Amazing score. Not, no, not, no, do, nothing. What? No, yeah, no. Nah. For All Mankind is the NASA, NASA documentary. In honor of the 20th anniversary of the lunar landing, a lot of footage is being released about the space program. What we're going to talk about next, I think, is the very best. It's on Laserdisc. It's a film called For All Mankind, and it consists of footage of various manned missions to the moon. We get to see and hear things that weren't on regular TV broadcasts of those missions. For example, here's an amazing up-close shot of the astronaut's rocket taking off. I think it's on Criterion. It's on Criterion. Blu-ray Criterion. Um, it is in, it is completely comprised of just footage from all many of the various space missions to the moon. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's it's just the, the visuals is just them, the astronauts, and NASA Ground Control, and it's narrated through interviews by the astronauts. Right. And they start with Apollo Eight, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's that's right. Early on. Um, there's a little. I'll, I'll get to that. The second, but um, so and that's the entire movie. It's like eighty minutes long. Yeah, that's uh, the the entire film. But you mentioned the score. The score by Brian Eno. Best one, probably my favorite Brian Eno score. Un- How have I never seen this? Unbelievable, unbelievable I... score for yeah. For this and movie. and when they've used they've used a particular piece called an ending yep. in other movies. I traffic go, used yeah. Soderbergh used it at the end of traffic, and it's in Twenty Eight Days Later. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's been used multiple times. I can't get mad when it, when the people use it. I'm yeah, like, it it is. It's maybe. I mean, it's just, up there with like the Batman score is like my favorite score mm-hmm, of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is just it is hypnotic to it watch. Is. It and is absolutely. Obviously, I my connection to this anything that has to do with the space program is well documented. Of course, but. Even this is just watching it again for the first time in so many years. Just absolutely, just blew me away. It is. It, it is. It's pretty um, special. The, the the Apollo thirteen stuff is kind of wedged in there a little bit. If you didn't know mm-hmm. what that was from, it would be kind of like, what was that? Because they don't, you know, they they show a little bit of the footage of the stuff venting out into space, and then yeah. they show the carbon dioxide thing that they have to make on on the ship, and them transferring some of the stuff. So that, I mean, that's stuff is. is 
brilliant. But it's a, such a that's my only complaint about the movie is that that's just just a small chunk mm-hmm. uh, of what I it think is. It it's been kind longer. of longer. I mean, I, I don't I don't mind that it's eighty minutes long. Oh, so, think, oh certainly not. No, I mean know. it's and it's brisk. I mean, it's yeah. just, and hearing the the astronauts. I mean, one one thing one of the astronauts say, says in the movie that I've never thought about in all these years, even watching Apollo thirteen, is if what if you were the only one who were gonna who was gonna make it back? What if everyone else oh. died? And <laughs> you were the only one left. I'm just like, wow. I never thought about that in all these. And you go like, that's entirely possible. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, and now with Apollo 11 in theaters right now, which I cannot wait to see. Uh, Is it out now? It's uh, it's it's in yeah. theaters and the IMAX theaters around. Oh. I don't know if it's in Chicago or not. I think it is. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't they're see that. playing the South by Southwest. I'm actually going to take a little side trip and oh, see it cool, there cool, myself. Cool. But no, this is this is one of my favorite experiences of 1989. Yeah. See, now one. I'm I'm beating myself up now because for some I, my eyes like glazed over this title when I looked at this list and it just didn't occur to me what it was uh-huh. it, that it was. And now you're talking about it, I'm like, oh, this movie. Ouch. How have I? I've not seen it. Yeah, it's yeah. Gone. It is so special. If, if you own it, I'd like to borrow it. I have it. Okay. Because <laughs> you're now, gonna now love the score, I'm, Colin. I'm oh, sure I will. Oh my god. Absolutely. I'm sure I will. But I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm, I can picture the cover now. I can mm-hmm. picture what it is now, and I'm yeah. like, oh, that. First oh. heard about it on Siskel and Ebert many years ago, and they reviewed yeah. it. I mean, this yeah, is obviously well too. before Apollo 13, and they, they, I think they, they might have, they might have did like a side trip when they reviewed Apollo 13. Brought this movie up as a mm-hmm. recommendation, as a side trip. Makes for sense. Paul thirteen, but I saw it way back when. It was okay, wonderful. It was wonderful. So this was also when uh, Shakespeare kind of made a comeback. It was the turning point for the English throne. May I, with right and conscience, make this claim. It was one of history's greatest adventures, led by a soldier who wouldn't retreat. Once more into the breach, dear friends! Once more! This was uh, Kenneth Branagh's first big film, uh, kind of put yeah. him, his star on the map. Uh, Henry V, which uh, I, I, before this, I don't know if there was a big Shakespeare-based movie um, in, in since uh, Romeo and, and Juliet. Juliet, yeah, that's mm. I, can I mean, it was of. a long. I mean, I'm. I was maybe there to was think an, about a, this. a Macbeth. Maybe uh, well, seven seventy one. That was okay. Polanski's okay. okay. All right, yeah. right, right. Okay, but I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, the timeline there. I'm not yeah. sure which one came out first. But yeah. anyway, it had been a long time since there had been a Shakespeare movie, and Henry V came along and was um, just a, a big grand. Um, passionate, uh, you know, passion project for Kenneth Branagh, and kind of made Shakespeare um, viable again as as for sure uh, as 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 a as a film. Um, and uh, when you watch it today, I mean, it's it I, I it's an interesting movie to watch because it's because uh, it is sort of the start of what would eventually be a big a decade long uh, period for you know shakespeare adaptations it's it, this kind of got the ball rolling on that um it's got a lot of the favorite british actors in it you know uh derek jacoby and uh, emma thompson christian bale's in it 
Uh, this is his oh, post right, yeah. Empire of the Sun uh, role for him. Post Empire of the Sun, pre Newsies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's a great tracking shot at the end uh, with Kenneth Branagh's carrying yeah, Christian Bale shot. over his shoulder, and it's just this, just goes on and on and on. It'll just like fields of devastation that he's walking through up to this yeah, big incredible battle. battle scenes yeah i mean this throughout. was the first time i mean i don't know if the, the the shot that became a cliche later on of all the arrows going through the sky um and uh no this is this is still um, this is a movie that holds up pretty well i think it's it does yeah yeah definitely mm-hmm. one of the I mean, when, best when you when you come up with a debut like henry the fifth and people start making Lawrence or olivier comparisons right <laughs> Uh, you probably made it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're you're, yeah. you're in yeah. good you're in good company. Yeah, he's only in like his mid twenties when he made this. Yeah. So another and pretty one remarkable costume design, so. I believe, at the yeah. Oscars. I think you're right. Hmm. <clears throat> that was great. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, your left foot, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the story uh, of my last three weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I didn't paint anything. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis's first Oscar. Yes. Yep. And uh, kind of snuck so. in there and took it uh, because there was a lot of momentum for Tom Cruise this year yep. to win the Oscar. And uh, <laughs> there always think, is, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. And then, um, but you know what? It's pretty hard to deny what a great performance this was. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the Academy Awards, and I had seen My Left Foot, and I had seen Born on the Fourth of July, which we'll talk about later. Um, and watching this with my sister, who was a big Tom Cruise fan big 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 tom cruise fan and when he lost she was like just shattered and i was kind of like well no i mean he really did deserve it like shut up <laughs> no, but, but my left foot he's really good shut up okay but i'm saying like he's really did deserve it because <laughs> he was i mean it was like, it was like uh it's a phenomenal performance and the movie is still is still, it's still really very good, good. yeah yeah mm. yeah yeah, it's good. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's good. I mean, it's, it's the I remember the performance more than yeah. the movie, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I want to skip over staying together because I watched it and I'm like, this movie's mean. <laughs> Especially does, towards women. Does this go in our uh, our Women Fest movie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just throw it in women there, Fest please. 89. Yeah, because it's just a bunch of guys Opening trying to get worth laid. Winning. <laughs> you know, Sean Astin trying to get laid. Uh, yeah. Dermot Mulrooney. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's not very good. I mean, I I think I saw it in the theater. It was an empty theater. Saw it with my mom when I was young, and I was like, "Yeah, this isn't. This is just like your typical family drama, you know, with uh, Melinda Dillon as the mom." Didn't really stand out at the time, and I rewatched it. And I was like, "Guess what? It still doesn't stand out that much, other than not being uh, appropriate to in the Me Too movement mm-hmm. at all." <laughs> so. Not 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 worth mentioning. Uh, Communion is a batshit weird alien movie with Christopher Walken. Good. And he's like dancing with aliens at one point towards the end of the movie. It's like he's I don't know if he's high or whatever. Or is he having a dream? Yeah. It's a mess, a complete mess. Uh, at one point, story. yeah, yeah, Whitley Stryber based, based based on Whitley Stryber's novel, which mm-hmm. he, you know he said was true, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I always had a thing for alien abduction movies in general, so I finally caught up with this one, and I'm like, this one is pretty bad. Have you lost your senses completely? He's a human. You're a mermaid. Teenagers, you give them an inch, they swim all over you. 
the time has come to return. Under the sea, under the sea, when the sun Walt Disney Pictures invites you back to the spectacular world of the Little Mermaid. Look at you. There's something different. She's got legs, you idiot. Relive the timeless classic with Flounder, Sebastian, King Triton, Ursula the Sea Witch, Prince Eric, and of course, Ariel. And this year, history repeats itself with a Disney movie and a Don Bluth movie. Uh, But the Disney movie would go on to have quite an impact. Um, the Little Mermaid is celebrating its 30-year anniversary, and you're going to hear a lot about that this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, already seeing a lot on social media about it. Um, and it it's worth celebrating. Uh, I think this movie is still a, a remarkable entertainment. And I remember when I first saw it, thinking that, wow, animation is changing right here. Uh, this movie, they, you know, with Oliver and company, they were moving towards making musicals, but now they got like a Broadway, uh, level writer to compose these songs and, uh, create an animation sequence, animation sequences that are very big and grand and Broadway esque. And, um, it's, you know, just the, the the songs are really memorable. The emotion that's coming through in this film, I think, is really strong. Yeah. And um, I just, I still, when I watch it, I get, I, I get a little, I get kind of the chills watching it because mm. this is like, this is where everything changed, um, mm-hmm. and where Disney really upped their game and really just uh, wanted to take, you know, wanted to keep making animated movies. But if this wasn't going to be a big hit, then, you know, the, the, the future was going to be uncertain for the studio in terms of their animation department, which was kind of floundering during this time. But in the, you know, they closed out the decade with a winner and, uh, this would kind of set the, the bar for animated films for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you got all dogs go to heaven which was, mm, it was kind of slight. It wasn't particularly yeah, it was memorable. Yeah. I watched it uh, recently, and it's uh, Burt Reynolds is doing the voice of the dog. There's, <laughs> he's got some charm there. Um, but uh, can Burt Reynolds sing or not? Was Burt Reynolds a singer or not? Well, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Okay. Right, but was he dubbed in that? Because in this one, I, you know, God rest his soul, all due yeah. respect. It seems like he really couldn't sing, but was trying to just get through the song as best mm. he could, the one that he had to sing. So that's why I was wondering, like, I, I haven't seen Little Whorehouse since 1983 when it was on TV, but um, I was just curious about that. Mm. Um, a, a, a dark, Don, Another dark Don Bluth film, by the way. Mm-hmm. The word yeah. whorehouse is mentioned at one point in this film. But it's oh, for really? Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I must have missed that. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, but yeah, no, so, I mean, Little Mermaid is still uh, a, a, a great yeah. movie to watch. Uh, yeah, it's today. great. Yeah. Um, it, it was a movie that helped uh, get me reinterested in musicals, mm-hmm. actually. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, the musicals were not exactly my thing at, the, at this age, uh, with the exception of, like, Singing in the Rain and American in Paris, which I had seen, which I thought were pretty amazing. Blues Brothers, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it gave me a great, because the songs are all good in this movie. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing, a lot of musicals that, some musicals that I've seen, 
Uh, I wasn't crazy about the songs. I was just like, why are you breaking out a song? A song sucks. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you dancing for? Uh, <laughs> um, but no, it, 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 it holds up really well uh, to, the, to this day. And uh, it, I, I cringe at the thought of when the live action movie eventually is going to happen mm-hmm. with this. I, heard, I heard that Sofia Coppola was going to do it at one point. I that heard that be... was going to happen. I heard Chloe Grace Moretz was going to be uh, the Little Mermaid. Um, mm. I, I I worry. I do too. Yeah, I worry. <laughs> I worry about the Lion King. Fr- frankly, I'm not as worried about that. Okay, because the Jungle Book was good. Oh, so was oh, it Fabro? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, um, in be- so this, this <laughs> is yeah. So <laughs> this is all the same day. Oh my goodness! Yeah. This is a this is a day that will live in infamy. This this day. Harlem Nights was a hit. Well, it made money compared to what Eddie Murphy's other movies had made. This was not really a hit. Okay. I mean, compared to other movies that year, I suppose. But it was also a very expensive movie oh, wow. to make. Um, it's the movie where I think Eddie Murphy's name comes up in the opening credits like seven times. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and Ugh. this movie should have been everything. This is <sighs> this is. Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, Red Fox, uh, you know, yep. so many giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Danny Aiello. I mean, it's just it's so many giants appearing in this movie. Generations of com three literally three generations of comedy coming together, a passion project for this ugly, warmed over the sting kind of Cotton Club. Cotton Club. Yeah, I mean, you want? I mean, this this movie might be closing night of Women's yes, Fest '89 of our Hey Ladies yeah. Festival. Oh, yeah. uh, oh god! Yeah, where Jasmine it, Guy gets shot in bed, like yeah. in the face by Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy shoots off Della Reese's toe. And he gets into a fist fight. Gets into a fist fight yeah. with Della Reese. Uh, Oh, this, yeah, I mean, this and it's is, just not funny. No, no. it just lays. <laughs> it's laugh it, just, it is absolutely laugh free, and this is like Eddie Murphy's ego, like out of control. Yeah. because this is we're supposed to like, you know, he he, he cast himself as like the dashing hero, um, you know, in this in this gangster era. Uh, film that's not even a comedy, really. I mean, it's like no, it's there's. I mean, there's like one funny scene. I will say there's one funny scene where uh, Arsenio Hall and two other guys are shooting that's at, at Eddie Murphy, and then yeah, one guy okay, just yeah, has the yeah, one yeah. gun and just shoots once in a while. That's that's funny. Uh, Arsenio Hall that's is it. funny. Yeah, that whole about scene it. is funny. Yeah. yeah, but other than that, I mean, it's it's Eddie Murphy trying to be like the move, the classic movie star hero. Um, and it's it just it's a turd. It just lays yeah. an egg the whole mm-hmm. time. And um, yeah, the you know, nobody the critics were hateful towards it. And uh, yeah, was, I mean, there's nothing. You know, I'm sure the word of mouth got around. It's from even you know Murphy's core audience that just said, "Yeah, it was, it's not that funny." I mean, this movie no. was so bad and so poorly received that. We were just like three years later. Like Boomerang was considered a comeback yeah. vehicle <laughs> for Eddie Murphy. Three years yeah. after yeah. he yeah, had right. like one of the great runs of mm-hmm. a movie star in the 1980s. 48 Hours, Trading Places, Beverly Hills Cop, Coming to America. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even Golden Child made money. Uh, and then this. You know, and it was it was really a, a, a you know a knife in yeah. Know, a, a, it's really kind of severed. 
uh, Murphy's career for for a little while. For sure. Yep. Yeah. Shall we get to my favorite sequel of the year? Steel Magnolias? Oh, wait. Are we going to talk Steel Magnolias? Should we talk about Steel Magnolias? I think it was kind of a big thing. It, it was, was a big, big thing. thing. I don't want to have to kill you. Don't you threaten me, Drum Eatington. Drum would never, ever point a gun at a lady. Your husband is a boil on the butt of humanity. TriStar Pictures presents... Well, this is it. You're finally rid of me. Sally Field. Oh. I think you'd be back every now and then. Dolly Parton. Louie brought his girlfriend home, and the nicest thing I can say about her is all of her tattoos are spelled correctly. I miss Ugh, leave me alone. Shirley MacLaine. I'm not crazy, Malin. I've just been in a very bad mood for 40 years. It's was fine. she nominated yeah. for this? She was nominated for this. Oh, wow. She was nominated for this, and then Pretty Woman the, the, okay. the next mm. year. Um, yeah, Best Supporting Actress. Um, it's fine. You know, I mean, it's it's watching it's tearjerker, right? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I saw it once when I was young. I didn't. Really yeah. I mean, it. it's it. The chemistry between the women is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's 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 exactly what you expect it to be. That's and yeah. as we've seen movies like this over and over again over time, uh, this one is less irksome, I mm-hmm. guess, because again, the chemistry is really good. Uh, between them, uh, the, the, even the, the male cast that accompanies them, uh, you know, get, gets gets to do some stuff. So it's a really strong ensemble piece. Uh, but this is the movie that ends with, like, Sally Field going Oscar clip infinity mm-hmm. in this movie. <laughs> the end of this movie, where she should have been, pre- the entire movie should have prepared her. <laughs> <laughs> for and I mean I know you know losing a child is not great I I get that I sound like uh, Pete Davidson now um, <laughs> but the entire movie they're warning Julia Roberts can't do this you're diabetic you can't do this don't have a child don't do this the whole movie the whole movie they're telling her to do this she does everything anyway and then Sally Field then breaks down after the funeral and yells the question why. <laughs> You know why? Yeah, <laughs> she, of course. She, she did everything wrong. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. It, you know, it's horrible. I get it, but because it, it goes from like Oscar, where like she could have gotten the Oscar, but then just like, no, Sally, you gotta, you gotta turn it up, honey. Turn it up, honey. <laughs> and then she just goes full on. You know, it's like it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a remarkable. I mean, not remarkable, but. Like if you would have put like the scenes in the in the abyss when Ed Harris is trying to revive Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, you put those yeah. two scenes kind of side by side and see, see how to do where right. the more genuine emotion yeah. is and where one's looking for an Oscar, mm-hmm. uh, because Perfect. they both have yeah. the same arc. It's like they both come up to a realization like we're done, and then they both go into hyperdrive. And I we didn't mention the abyss. That scene where he that's, has to revive yeah, her that's and amazing his scene. like his voice breaks and everything. That scene mm-hmm. so powerful yeah yeah uh and steel magnolia she's going for an oscar yeah that's definitely the most emotional i get in any james cameron movie i think arguably that moment arguably yeah Yeah. Yeah. um i'll talk about prancer on my show um (laughs) you don't have to do that here that's a shameless plug gentlemen (laughs) someday we'll get to it um prancer's in my barn prancer's not a bad movie yeah it's fine Mm -hmm. i'm sure it's i'm sure it's okay uh let's get to your let's get to uh opening night Probably the most excited I've ever been for a movie at that point in my life. What do you mean we're in the future? October 21st, 2015. Marty, we're going to be able to see our wedding. Wow. The future. 
I gotta check this out, Doc. Look what happened oh. to her son. Oh. He's a complete wimp. Don't talk to anyone. You've been looking. Don't touch anything. I need to borrow your hoverboard. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And try not to look at anything. I didn't invent the time machine to win at gambling. I can't lose. I invented the time machine to travel through time. I was like, I think it was it was freezing cold and we had to stand out in the line outside the theater for a while to get in. You went that Wednesday before Thanksgiving? Yeah. It was snowing. Yeah. I know, because my dad drove me to Aww. the theater to see it. And yeah, it was, it was freaking snowing. cold. Yeah. He was like, do we have to do this today? <laughs> yes, we do. You know, yep. my my dad and I, we were there front and center, and we could not wait, and... Uh, to this day, I still love the hell out of it. I think it's incredibly rewatchable. Yeah. Really we're, dark. We're talking and about Back to the yeah, Future sorry. Part Two, by the <laughs> oh, way. I thought we were talking I about Valmont. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not talking about Valmont. Yeah, we can talk about Valmont. No, that's no, okay. I, I missed it. To, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah um, but uh, it's so good. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hope people share my enthusiasm for this movie because not only is it a sequel to my favorite movie of all time, but for all the praise and i'm not dismissing it by any stretch that joe dante gets for gremlins 2 and being kind of a subversive sequel mm. and taking shots at being a sequel zemeckis did it months earlier mm-hmm. with back to the future part two a movie where you're going in and a studio is ex- ex- wants the director to give the audience exactly what they came for from the first, first movie, movie yeah. and zemeckis literally put you back into the first movie mm-hmm. Oh, you like that what you saw? Here it is again. <laughs> Only with a darker undertone going on. Wait a minute. Cubs win World Series. Against Miami? Yeah, it's something, huh? Who would have thought? Hundreds of one shot. But yeah, I mean, I, it's funny to think that he had Trump in mind when he you know, had that version of Biff. And yeah. now... Yeah. 30 years later, we're living we through mm-hmm. the alternate 1985 reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it's sickening, frankly. Mm-hmm. It's it's sick that Zemeckis got so much right with that movie. It's true. Yeah, I I mean I I love uh, I, I loved watching this movie. I think I w- I may have went on opening night too. I don't remember, but mm. I definitely went early uh, in its release and um, just but marveling at not just I I loved it more in the second half than the first half. When it gets really dark, that's when I really am mm. on, on board with this movie. 100%. Yeah, when they finally um, goes back to 1985. And it's yeah, like a different I, I, alternate. Yeah. yeah, so like, um, yeah, when 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 it when it just starts when it starts getting into the whole uh, paradox of the time travel and how you do one thing in this timeline, it affects this timeline, and this other timeline is going here, but we're in this timeline now. Like playing with the audience's brain like that, I think is is such yeah. a clever way to go into this movie and um it's fun to just uh i mean for a movie that is a middle part there's so much going on that you know i, I remember last time i watched it which was on uh, new year's day of this year um just what remar- marveling at like 
okay, now, now how the hell does Mar- Marty McFly get to the Wild West again? Like, I don't remember how this <laughs> plays out. There's so much of this, like, I don't remember how this plays out, but it's got to get from, it's got to get to this point. Yeah. And uh, it's just, um, I love the way that it, it, it incorporates the first film in the backgrounds of scenes and um, just the way they're able to recreate all that. Uh, so, yeah, they yeah. have multiple marty's or michael j fox's yeah one scene mm-hmm. that was that might was that the first well no big business i guess <laughs> the yeah, first time yeah, i saw an example more... of that and being done really well yeah uh um dead ringers oh okay yeah. <laughs> i don't think i saw that though. but uh but yeah no this is this is a, a lot of fun and uh like a great great sequel yeah, I remember the audience at the very end, though, when it said to be concluded. Yeah. There's, that, uh, there's always going to be that. Group, yeah. But the, the, the moment, what precedes that, mm-hmm. when he, you know, yeah, Doc is all happy, and then Marty comes running down, <laughs> got one of the biggest laughs I've ever heard. Of I mean, that scene to this yeah. day yeah. kills me. Right. Uh, and Lloyd's reaction to it is just, it's also, it's also perfect. Yeah. Um, no, this, this is, this is, one of the better sequels 100 percent. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and we'll get to the next part next year all right mm-hmm. and then uh, another we're now we're moving into december we're in the home stretch now and Woo-hoo! uh it's uh we have a movie that's not quite a sequel necessarily but it's a third it's a part three yeah mm-hmm. you know in this series because they they kiss they keep recasting <laughs> the kids so. ever comment on like quite, did yeah. they ever yeah. comment on that like <laughs> You know, Rusty, you're getting younger. Or something. Yeah, you that's the Vegas vacation. Oh, yeah. okay. They say like, yeah. you hardly recognize you two anymore, and then he looks yeah. at the camera. Right. So Christmas vacation, which again I'll be doing on my show later this year. The gift that keeps on living. Merry Christmas. Is family. We didn't come to impose. <laughs> oh hell, there's plenty of room. Do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is, Mom? Well, I'm sleeping with your father. You got a kiss for me? Eh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus ain't identified yet. But no holiday could ever be more deeply touching. We were gonna call, but Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. Ah, we're really gonna fly down the hill with this stuff. So genuinely moving. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. And so I didn't watch it before we did this, but I've seen it enough times. It's oh, a yeah. Christmas classic. It's, it is now. It is a quotable movie that a lot of people watch every year. And um, you know, it's still still damn funny. It is. Uh, it's, it's it's funny. This might be controversial for some people, but it's actually my favorite of the vacation. Yeah, it's not that controversial. I don't it's know. Not, I think no. some people agree. This and, this and vacation are on par with each other. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, this easily the. I mean. Road trip vacations and Christmas decorations are too way too relatable, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and those two aspects of the, the I mean the scene where Clark hands Rusty the ball of Christmas yep. lights. Oh, we got oh. a little knot here. Yeah. That's every, it was every Christmas. Yeah, that was every of course. Christmas. And and so much of that movie feels like every Christmas. I think mm-hmm. I mean I think that mm-hmm. movie why it has become a Christmas class is because it touches some part of you somewhere, whether yeah. it be the, 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 the nuttiness of it and the relatives, mm-hmm. uh, oh, the, yeah, the mistakes true. that happen, but also the, the, the simplicity of trying to get it right. I mean, the, the, the Christmas vacation is easily the sweetest 
of all the movies because mm-hmm. all Clark wants to do is get it right. Yep. He wants yeah. to get it right. I mean, that, it's been he's a theme. That's something he's always yeah. wanted to do, but he really wants to do it on this very special holiday. He wants to get every aspect of it right. Um, yeah, you, know, you feel even, bad for the guy when he tries to click on the lights and nothing happens. Oh, it's, 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 it's excruciating, and, yeah. and his his joy of that. And then when when like even there's this, the scene where he realizes that cousin Eddie can't give the kids Christmas present. He actually that that I love. I simultaneously love and hate that moment in the movie because he he says I want to I want to help give you guys a great Christmas and cousin Eddie has when Randy Quaid has this genuine reaction to him and he he hugs him and he's like this is a really nice surprise and then they kind of joke it down a little bit you're like here's a list or alphabetical yeah. I'm like yeah, oh yeah. you had me you you had yeah, the, right? such a great moment uh, but at the end of the movie when yeah, he, cut it, yeah. Chris, when he he looks up in the sky and goes I did it. It's. I wish the series had ended there. Yeah, it, it, was, it would have been a perfect ending to a trilogy. Whatever yeah. people think of a European vacation, but it would have been a perfect ending to to that. Uh, but then they went to Vegas, and I can relate to that too. Okay. But well, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. But it's not as good. No. But no, Chris, Chris vacation. I yeah. adore. I watch it's a good example year. of a movie where, like you were talking about earlier, Eric, where you know you you just you have all the right elements. But then you add crime, and it just becomes a weak movie. Here's a movie that it's just <laughs> anecdotes. It's just it's not a real plot. It's not a real like big story going on. Like kind of like a Christmas story where it's yeah. just like yeah, it's just things just, ha- keep happening. It's just things that you know happen that we can all relate to at this sure. particular time of year. And it's not trying to be anything more than that. And uh, it's, yeah. it's, it does it really well. There is some crime at the end. <laughs> there's a crime. Yeah, but not like, oh, there's, you know, not like there's a syndicate out there right. that's like yeah. zeroing in on the Griswold house or something no. like that. Or there's drug dealers <laughs> next door who planted cocaine in the garage and, and there's, co- you know, yeah. none of that. Julia Reese Dreyfus lives next door, though. That's, that's true. right. As um, <laughs> uh, Margot. Yeah. And, uh, right. but no, but the, the end of the movie is basically just kind of a callback to the vacation, the original vacation. It's yeah. just kind yeah. of like, you know, we're going to kidnap the big guy and whatever but yeah no it's uh, it's damn good. i love it yeah mm-hmm. yeah i also love the next movie i do too yeah war, war of the roses Speaking of dark it always starts with the little things and that phony laugh <laughs> okay yeah, yeah, all right yeah, all right yeah. maybe overdid it let me have it if love is blind, now I got you. Marriage is like having a stroke. When I watch you eat, when I look at you lately, I just want to smash your face in. Smash my face. I want a divorce. You can't have one. When a couple starts keeping score, there is no winning. It's only degrees of losing. I am the one who found this house. I bought everything in it. With my money. It's a lot easier to spend than it is to make it, honey bun. You might not have made it if not for me, sweet cakes. Never underestimate her as an adversary. Don't even talk to her, bitch. Scum. Filth. The yellow areas are mine. The red areas are hers. This seems rational to you both. I got more square footage. These people are going to hurt each other. Get out of the car, hon. When trouble begins, it comes at you from directions you'd never expect. We haven't passed any point of no return. I have. Very, yeah, <laughs> opposite of sweet. Another movie where I was like, really? That's how it ends? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
No, yeah. I watched this recently, and I I think it's great. Danny DeVito is such a good director. Of this uh, until film. until Death to Smoochie. Yeah, He's, of, yeah, of he got us to a point, and yeah, he, he lost it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but he did a lot of inventive camera. This work. is his best work. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, very inventive. Like where he puts the camera, the the angles are, mm-hmm. are really interesting to look at. Um, casting Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas in this role in these roles after they had already done *Romancing the Stone* and *Jewel of the Nile*, I think that's that's the, one of the keys to this movie's success because that they actually they have a history together as actors, yeah, and being yeah. in love, and then when you see what they become in this film, it's like. Uh, it just adds another layer uh, uh, to it that helps the movie just work uh, beautifully. Um, and Danny DeVito is like the voice of reason in this movie. And when he spent <laughs> the whole last decade playing these slime balls, and now he's like, he's still got a little slime ball in yeah. him, but he's also the conscience of the film mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's a great visual feast. Uh, there's a lot of you know. Um, uh, great visual stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, once in this they start movie. going after each other, it's oh my god, it's intense. <laughs> and I want to see this in the theater again because just today, because I remember seeing it in the theater in 1989, and it was I, I saw it a few times in the theater, and it was like watching a boxing match because everybody in the yeah. audience was like oh oh you know like the the reaction to it was so visceral. Uh, I've just never seen anything like it, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was just like uh, go for broke. Uh, cruelty with these two people. Um, no, it's just I, I I love this movie. I think it's great. The thing that's so great about this movie is that it feels like a life. Yeah, you know, it's not yeah. just a movie that like okay they they fall in love and now we're gonna get married and then we're just gonna quickly get into the dark stuff. Just like oh like five years later things have gone bad and now we're gonna start throwing stuff at each other. Okay. Yeah. This movie actually takes you through a marriage and actually mm-hmm. shows you the slow disintegration and, again, things that people can probably relate to. Just, you know, you're irritated one day and the way people's chewing their food yeah. bothers exactly. you. Oh, my God. The you way know? the way Michael Douglas cho- cooks meat in this yeah. scene. It's like <laughs> and, he's so... kinda, and he's got this smile on his face like, I'm enjoying this. You and what, yeah, where the, ang- where the camera is when he's doing And you see Kathleen Turner at the other end of the table just look at him like, I want to kill you. Yeah. Stop. Reminds me of Phantom Thread with the buttering of the toast. It's like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, and, and, and so it takes a while to build up to even like I mean it's probably like halfway through the movie where they actually say we're going to get a divorce and then the Mm -hmm. the, the territorial stuff starts to begin and even that isn't just rushed through there's like they they, they, they develop you know so when you by the time you get to them the carnage that begins to happen at the end of this movie it feels natural it doesn't feel like a stunt it doesn't feel like oh we're just going to go dark here and enjoy this no it feels and it gets nasty yeah Oh, that Absolutely. scene in the attic. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, oh, and it and it and it becomes kind of a almost like a Tom and Jerry cartoon, except as mm. a real horror movie. Like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I was going to drop the chandelier on you. Oh, really? Ooh, that's good. But I mean, like that really would have happened. Like, yeah, that, that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And again, um, it kind of like would do the right thing. There's there's an ambiguity about it because both characters. At one point, you're kind of with her, mm-hmm. and another time, you're kind of with him. Mm-hmm. So you kind of yeah. see both sides yeah. of that. They both, you know, maybe both. Yeah. Maybe the ending is the way it should be mm-hmm. for these two. You know, sad but true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens. Okay. Um, uh, and then another. 
comedy that wanted to be a really dark comedy, but yeah. didn't quite hit reach the didn't reach the heights of War of the Roses was uh, She Devil, and this was a big deal kind of a movie for two reasons. One, it was like the bit first and maybe last Roseanne Barr movie, uh, which was a starring role. She's in one of the Look Who's Talking sequels. That, yeah, she oh, was. Yeah. And uh, Meryl Streep's first comedic role after a decade of doing accents and you know depressing French lieutenant's woman. Uh-huh. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah, and so this was the start of uh, a phase in Meryl Streep's career where she's just going to take it easy. She's not going to you know try and win Oscars. She just wants to have a little bit of fun for mm-hmm. a while. And she is having fun in this movie. I mean, I I don't think this is a great film, but I think it's 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 got moments. It's got moments. Kinda, I think it's okay. It's, I, it's, I mean, uh, Susan Seidelman directed it. She did uh, Desperately Seeking Susan. I right, think yeah. this was the follow up to that. Um, not not a particularly hilarious movie, but I enjoy watching Meryl Streep in it because I know like, you can tell mm. she's having a blast doing something where she can be over the top yeah. and broad and crazy and. Um, not you know, and and just mm. sort of cut loose for a while. Uh, Seidelman also did Making Mister Right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. In, be- in between. That's the two. right. Yeah, she did. Um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I did not like this movie at all. Uh, yeah. I I was never. I was not a Roseanne Barr fan before it was popular to not be a Roseanne Barr fan, <laughs> which is very recently. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> Indeed. I, but um, yeah. I mean, I it's, I I got nothing. Yeah. offer yeah it's not, it's, it's pretty not. forgettable but yeah. I, I also don't yeah. hate it it's not awful okay <clears throat> now we're getting to some oscar contenders mm-hmm. for sure <laughs> uh but yeah you said it glory uh, Edward Zwick's uh, was this his debut film? No, about last night. About last night was mm. his debut. Uh, his big Civil War epic with uh, Matthew Broderick and Denzel Washington, who won an Oscar for this. Uh, Morgan Freeman and Carrie Elwes and anybody else? Uh, Andre Brower. Andre Brower. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the uh, story of the uh, black, uh, the I guess uh, there were slaves that got brought into the fold to fight in in, in the, the army yeah. in the army mm-hmm. during the Civil War. Um, it's uh, it's a very it's a very earnest film. Yeah, uh, and it's you know this would be what many would call the white a white savior movie. Um, yeah, that is kind of you know frowned upon today. Uh, I think the best stuff in this movie is the stuff with Denzel Washington. I think, I mean, I, I think he his, won his the Academy are, Award, right? He did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think his scenes are the most compelling. Definitely. Um, it won the best cinematography Oscar. Uh, I don't think it deserved it. I, I watched it mm-hmm. and I just, I didn't see anything remarkable about the cinematography in this film. Wow. Good, um, great score for sure. Very good score. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the focus on Matthew Broderick kind of rub, rubs me the wrong way for this story in particular. You know, I mean, I know he played a major role in all of this, obviously, but uh, I just think he's miscast. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, like, I do I do get emotionally wrapped up in the film, but it's also, um, and I mean, and again, great battle scenes, certainly, and t- towards the end when they storm the beach and everything like that, that's really intense. Uh, but... I don't know. As a whole, I never really like loved Glory, to be honest. Hmm. 
I liked yeah. it more then. I, I think it's okay. I think there's good stuff in it. But there is, yeah, I mean, there is definitely the good stuff. Are good, but for sure. Maybe I needed to watch this again because <laughs> uh, I am completely diametric opposite oh. on this movie. Mm. I, I think it's fantastic. Okay. Um, I, I think that it, it's easy to get lo- caught up in what Matthew Broderick has top line casting in the movie. Mm-hmm. And yes, he is the leader of the regiment and whatnot, but it's a movie that is pretty equal. I think, again, maybe it's been a while since I've seen the movie, pretty equally based in its scenes between the Black Regiment and Matthew Broderick. You know, it's, yeah. uh, there's a lot of them in mm-hmm. uh, in the same frame, obviously, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of stuff, not just with Denzel Washington, but with Morgan Freeman, and the Andre Brower character is a really interesting yeah. character. Uh, and I, I think that, uh, it, it, to me, it was always a very really emotional uh, piece piece of work. I've I've always uh, ha- I always had a big response to this movie. Uh, I don't agree with the cinematography uh, slam. <laughs> I'm sorry, did. it looked really flat to me. I, I, maybe I just got a bad DVD or the something. Battle, I don't know. You may because the I think the, the battle sequences, particularly the, there's one in the forest and the one at the end of the movie, the yeah. Antietam that opens the movie. I I, I think is, is is really strong. Um, the score is magnificent. I think in the in the movie, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I I I'm I'm kind of I'm a little surprised at the reaction. I thought this movie had yeah. a better uh, following than I was surprised. Um, when I realized I guess, it's like, been a while. Uh-huh. I, I'll grant it. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. But uh, and a funny story, really quick. Um, my mom, who is not a fan of movies that end where everybody dies. <laughs> um, uh, um, her, my dad, and I went to a double feature one night at the Elk Grove Cinema of Glory and The War of the Roses. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not happy. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, they're, they're, we saw them in reverse. Uh, but uh, so I was like, was like, really? They died? And then, like, Glory, everybody dies. <laughs> yeah. Like, we just doubled down on that. Um, but I don't know. I, maybe I need to see it again, you know? So. Forgive. No, I mean, it was, not, yeah. yeah. Forgive I, my top ten list. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> in advance. I'm just saying. That's all right. Um, it's okay. Yeah. No, it's, it's no. I mean, it's, it's it's not like driving Miss Daisy's yeah. in your top ten. It's so you're right. It is easy to get hung up on the white savior aspect of it, and it's also like I try not to look at every movie through the lens of Me Too and Black Lives Matter and everything. Yeah, right. You can, you can, you can. It's become harder to do that necessarily. I mean, like, there are degrees I, of it. I think. Yeah, that's I think, what I mean. I think yeah. sometimes people know that it's there and then they can't focus on anything but sure. that. Yeah. And, yeah. and then sometimes I go like, well, he was like the regiment leader. That's I what mean, I was saying. You yeah. don't. You know? I mean, you, yes, you obviously you could make it from the perspective of one of the black soldiers and yeah. do it from that. But you know, sometimes history is what it is, mm-hmm. and yeah, okay, it was 1989. Maybe it wouldn't but be made even, the same way today. I think even Eber brought that up right. in his review. Like he didn't give it a full four stars because of that fact. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very possible. Um, no, I get it. I just I think that sometimes, yeah. even today, we get a little too caught up sometimes in trying to be right, and right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. That's that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's hard to do. It's going to come up a lot for the rest of the years when you're talking about movies from this era, where mm-hmm. so many of the right. things that we're sensitive about now, or, or uh, you know, we right. nobody was even thinking about it back then. You right. Know? 
Um, Driving Miss Daisy, key, uh, key, Again, case in point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, same kind of movie. And here's the thing. I watched Driving oh, Miss Daisy over the summer um, and for the first time probably since I saw it in the theater. And I wrote, I took notes while I was watching it. I didn't write that much. But I, at the end I wrote, it's sweet, but it would never get made today. And then Green Book came out. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, yeah. never mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's not exactly progress just because the r- right. race reverses and the one's driving mm-hmm. now. But right. now it's two men. Yeah. <laughs> so we just eliminated the woman yeah. from yeah. the equation yeah. on top of it. And it wins Best Picture. Right. Wow. Um, mm. Surprise Academy Surprise. Award nomination for Dan Aykroyd, though. In this yes. Oh, that's right. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's a, it's a fun performance to watch. Not for Ghostbusters 2, but for Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. It's fine. Um, and I, I stand by it. It's a sweet movie. You know, it's hard as in the right place. Uh, some couple of good performances at the yeah. center of it sounds like green book but yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. no, it's exactly i mean it's what i'm saying yeah, yeah. and but it and it won best picture mm. over a over, movie that was over, much better yeah yes, <laughs> yes. well this one right wasn't even nominated the right thing was nominated right right yeah that's um, even more of a crime yeah to not even give it anything yeah yeah because their dead poet society and driving miss daisy were nominated but not do the right thing yep yeah, so this is kind of where the mindset was uh, for the Academy at this time, and is kind of today a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So we're not. Yeah, it was thirty years. We haven't progressed that much. We had we, we we were on the right track with Moonlight, and then Get Out winning yeah. winning screen. Right. Game, and then we were uh-huh. just yeah, like, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Let's yeah. let's revert back. Like, well, we gave you all memberships. What more yeah. do you want? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Corey's taking his brother Jimmy on a ride. These two boys already traveled more than 80 miles across the state. We've hired someone to find him. What's his problem? He's just giant. But Jimmy's got a secret. You got 50,000 on Double Dragon? That could make this the ride of their lives. Look at him. He's a wizard. He's headed for the video championship. (laughs) This guy? What is that? Power glove. Yeah, well, uh, just keep your power gloves up for all right. With a touch of romance. I am not kissing a boy. And a ton of trouble. That's huge. We're too late. Put me down! Sorry about that, you maniac! They'll get there any way they can. Yeah, the wizard. We can skip that. <laughs> go ahead, Jim. <laughs> oh, you got no. something? To say. Oh, wait. Yeah, this is. Yeah, um, this is. Uh, go ahead. I, I'm embarrassed. You don't like be embarrassed. I, mean, I don't like it now. Own obviously, it. Own oh, it. I, I recommend downloading I like the uh, Rift Tracks version of it. <laughs> I do uh, recommend that. Well, maybe I will. Yeah. Maybe I'll enjoy it. This again. was a giant mm-hmm. commercial movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for 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 Super Mario Brothers three. If I'm not mistaken, and mm-hmm. uh, Nintendo, of course, the power glove. The, yeah, it did for Nintendo what Mac and Me did for McDonald's. Yeah, much. killed it. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> the second of two Fred Savage road movies. I don't know. Was little little monsters? I think they I just think didn't. That was a road, road movie. movie. Oh, okay. No, they were in a house. I just remember because they they end up on the road at the end of the movie, and they no, it was more of a Beetlejuice movie. kind of a film. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But this is uh, this is a it's terrible oh yeah but uh bow bridges and Christian i liked it Slater. when i was a kid for some reason and jenny lewis yeah from, who i adore uh, i like jenny lewis um singer what, now, what, right? yeah. what is she mm-hmm. what, what, what band is she she was in rilo kylie rilo kylie that's right yeah okay now she's uh solo yeah and she's great yeah she is yeah but not but yeah no, this movie this movie's <laughs> terrible yeah <laughs> okay we can move on i don't want to yeah. acknowledge that i liked mm-hmm. it at one point yeah 
Um, I haven't seen the new Neil Jordan movie, but uh, he, huh. made, he made a film this year called We're No Angels. You don't look a thing like your pictures. Fasting and press. Now, they've got a profession to fake. Bishop Nogolich points out it's his turn to say the grace. Let, let him read it. It's his turn. I don't want to get in everybody's face here. A confession to take. I've been sleeping with this woman. Huh? All right, and what? You're not married to her? No. You're married to someone else? To my wife. You like know about this? No. Well, what are you worried about, though? Forget about it. A woman to win. Yeah, well, you don't like the guy. What'd you go to bed with him for? For five dollars. What, and you got five dollars? I'll go to bed with you, too. What, you think that's a sin? Actually, I got five dollars. Get out of here. And a future to plan. Some boots and some prize in this country can kiss my... Robert De Niro. Father, I've shot. I'm very happy for you. A comedy with Sean Penn and Robert De Niro, yeah. which at the time... Written by David Mamet. Written yeah. by David Mamet. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's I I think it's an okay movie, um, I, but I just, when I, mm. when I watched it last, it was like, it yeah, flat. maybe it, it, it's not... A, you, you, got, you, you have a premise that is meant to be comedic a comedic you know these mm-hmm. two guy, two escaped convicts who are posing as priests in this town and trying to cross the border into canada to escape from uh, prison a lot of comedic elements there in that storyline and but it's got like all the wrong people involved to make it a comedy but it was an interesting but it's still like a good movie there it's just not a very funny movie yeah from what you're expecting to see when you look at the poster you know mm-hmm. um, or watch the trailer um, there's a couple of funny moments in it, but, uh, and I think some of the stuff at the end with, went with Sean Penn, I think is actually really good. Um, it's, it's an odd film. Um, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of it. I, I think I admired it more when I first saw it and now I'm kind of in the middle on it. Hmm. So I've never you liked, got the never, furrow brow never over liked there. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not enough like power it? gloves in it. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I I really enjoyed the oddity of this yeah. movie. I I love <sighs> the, the 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 weird casting choices mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh, it's a really good ensemble. I mean, Demi Moore, Hoyt Axton, uh, John C. Riley. Yeah, uh, and the second oh, wow. John C. Riley Sean Penn yeah, collaboration this year. He, there's right. a lot of Sean Penn John C. Riley collaborations over the years. You can mm-hmm. look those up. Um, but uh, again, it's the mammoth screenplay. The way Jordan shoots the movie is almost like a Popeye-esque feel to this this weird oh, town. Sweet, sweet That's an interesting. Yeah, yeah. sweet is a very yeah. sweet haven like feel to it, and, mm-hmm. and and you can see Mamet, although he's he's can be very good at comedy, that he's actually kind of taken the material with a sense of religious guilt seriousness to mm-hmm. it. That the way the Sean Penn's character kind of the <laughs> dumb one is kind of redeeming himself through religion and mm-hmm. whether that's the best thing for him or not. And De Niro is the, just De Niroing it up all over the place. And <laughs> um, uh, I, I think it's really funny in, in the movie. Uh, I've always, I've, I've always liked this movie. I, I think huh. it's, it's a really mm-hmm. weird oddity in all of their resumes uh and i've, and I've always kind of admired it for that mm-hmm. better yeah, than greta I, oh, yeah mm. i think i'm on the same <laughs> level with both of those actually okay. not upper tier jordan for me at least but uh we do have a great film here uh especially from a director who i've you know at some point kind of turned on more or less Tell them all, tell them all what they did to me. What they did to this whole block, this whole country. They're going to call the police this time. We went to Vietnam to stop communism. We 
We shot women and children. You didn't shoot women and children. What do you say? Listen to war. Communism, the insidious evil. They, they told us. us to go. Yes, that's what they told us. Thou shalt not kill, Mom. Thou shalt not kill women and children. Thou shalt not kill, remember? Isn't that what you taught us? Isn't Stop that it. what they taught Stop us? Stop it! Stop it! I don't want you in this house. You're out of this house. Ron, come on now. You made your point, now stop. No! I haven't made my point, you tell her, Dad. They're killing everyone now. He's, I mean, yeah, it's a tough call to pick b between him and Day-Lewis for, for best actor because they're both so great in, so, in, in different ways. But just, I, I remember when I first saw this as a kid, too, I was kind of like, Tom Cruise has this in him? Holy crap. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Um. And yeah, it's like, I just feel like at, at some point, like, Albert Stone started to over-direct his movies and over-edit his movies, and here it's not that at mm -hmm. all. You know, he's he's really laser-focused on telling this uh, incredible character study that you can't help but get invested in. Yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, the editing, uh, I think this one for best editing? Maybe? I believe yes, so. Yes, I think so. Uh, and, and rightfully so. I mean, there's a lot of sequences in here that... Um, you know, are, have, are cut together really well and that must have been really hard to shoot. Um, you know, the Kent State protest scene, mm. there's like an abrupt cut there uh, that is kind of uncommon for him, you know, to make that just sort of like cut, like when you re least expect it. Um, yeah. There's all the all the hospital stuff is just grueling. <laughs> it's just so hard to watch. Yeah, that uh, stuff is really hard for me to oh, watch. Oh, man, but... One of the funniest uses of brown eyed girl ever, which is during the bedpan sequence. Um, <laughs> I just right. didn't really think about it. It's you know. um, <laughs> so, uh, a little on the eye, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but all the stuff with Tom Cruise and Willem Dafoe is great. All the two of them in the desert uh, in their wheelchairs, oh, right, yeah, so great. Um, yeah, I, I like I like this movie more as it gets going. The, than I do at the beginning, um, but I, mm -hmm. I I still think this is a, a really terrific film. Yeah, uh, Tom Cruise was robbed. <laughs> I'll just go out and say it because he goes through an entire arc, uh, multiple. I think he goes through multiple arcs in yeah. this movie from yeah. where he has to go and 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 not just from his belief system, but aging and all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So there's a real sense of a, a life filled, um, maybe wasted, even in some respects and one of the great sins of the Vietnam War is how many people were left behind in many in all different mm -hmm. versions of what, what I, when I say that and um, it, I, I remember I remember seeing this in the, in the theater and you know knowing cursory stuff of the Vietnam War mainly through movies basically sure. through Platoon yeah. and uh, Deer now. Hunter Apocalypse Now and stuff stuff like that Um and the, the and there's a, there's a parade scene or during the opening credits of this movie, um, and there's a shot of a old veteran who's walking down the the parade with no arms, and mm. I started crying in the theater immediately, mm. and I, I, I didn't know what came over me. I just because my grandfather had, had lost his legs in World um, War II, and maybe yeah. that was just some weird yeah, even though even though it wasn't the same thing. Um, but it it, it 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 that instant memory right there just kind of took me through the rest of this movie because it's watching Tom Cruise almost get to that point 
you know, and even though he still has his limbs intact, there's a part of him that's been left behind yeah. uh, in Vietnam and through the lies that we were told. And the more we now, 30 years later, the more we even know about the trauma lies and, yeah. uh, and trauma and all, the, all that kind of stuff, the more we know about that, the the, the more uh, the harder it is, you know, to watch this movie. Uh, but it's it's an essential movie. I think it's one of Stone's best works. John Wayne's sure. score is amazing. Yeah, in mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. really fantastic. Uh, he doesn't, you know, he, Oliver Stone can be over top as as anyone, you know, certainly. Yeah, he's uh, speaking but, of Spike. <laughs> yes, oh, without question, without yeah. question. Um, but one thing that's not in this movie is the emotional, the emotional arc of of this movie. As not just as a character, but as a country, and you know, the the, the title is of Ron Kovic's autobiography is just so perfect. It just it's so perfect, and just the the fact that he was born on the Fourth of July, uh, and what what he goes through in this movie. Um, it th- when this lost screenplay to Driving Miss Daisy that Ooh, year, yeah. that wow. really touched a nerve <laughs> in me. I mean, I wasn't. Like do the right thing was another category, so that was his own thing. But th- this is the movie. Drive Miss Daisy, you know, beat this, and I was just like, you know, what an amazing moment it would have been to have there Ron Kovic. Oh yeah, up there. Oh, he won yeah. the Golden Globe. They won Jeez. the Golden Globe. I remember that year, and it was such a triumphant moment. But you you blew it. I mean, how do you mm-hmm. how do you blow that? You just everyone Academy wants to give sympathetic Oscars all the time. And you don't do that? And you give right. it to, to the guy that's being driven around, mm-hmm. not the guy that has to drive himself around? <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, yeah, you? <laughs> Seriously. Really Seriously. Um, no, it's at one of the best movies of the year for me. Without question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of the I, I I'm gonna mention this movie. Where we don't have to talk about it, but I watch it, which is uh, no, this was kind of a bit, another awards movie. It didn't win anything. It was, it, but Enemies a Love Story, which mm. is Paul Mazursky's film with Angelica Houston and Ron Silver and uh, Lena Olin. And uh, yeah, watch it. I couldn't find actually. Yeah, you know, don't worry about it. Oh. <laughs> I remember when I saw it in the theater. I was like, it, you know, it was like one of those movies that had. You know, just critic blurbs all over the poster. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I really want to see this. Cool. I, I'm going to go. And yeah. my friends and I went and saw it. And we we kind of walked out going, oh, mm. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I watched it again. I thought, maybe I'm older now. Maybe I'll appreciate it more. Nah, it's still kind of boring. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. It's not. Don't worry about it. Um, so, yeah. <clears throat> you know what isn't boring? Tango, Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash. <laughs> Meet Ray Tango. He likes money. He's the Kong. To go, but doesn't bother with cash. Meet Gabe Cash. He won't dance around trouble and doesn't mind stepping on toes. I hate your karate guys. Two of LA's top rival cops are having a great time staying in rhythm. You know me, huh? Yeah, I hear you're the second best cop in LA. That's funny, I hear the same thing about you. But they're going to have to work together. Even if it kills them. Like now! We'll take it. No, that's one of a kind. We won't put a scratch on it. Did you sleep with my sister? I was so drunk, I honestly, I don't remember, okay? Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. (laughs) And Cash. And Cash. (laughs) Rambo was a pussy. 
<laughs> well, this so was a silly. movie that had a lot of... Uh, <laughs> this movie changed directors, I think. It did. Um, because uh, one director... Wait, it was Andre Konchalansky wanted to make a more serious film, but uh, the producers, I believe it was Gruber and Allen, uh, mm-hmm. wanted to make it more comedic, and so there was... Uh, so they had to go through and reshoot a lot of stuff so that it was more comedic. Um, yeah, they got the was including the Rambo of, was a pussy and, and the, stuff the director like that. of Purple Rain, I think. Yeah, yeah, was involved. I think, uh, yeah, I think who he was. took over? Right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. but didn't get the credit. Yeah, um, but no, oh, this movie's crazy. I mean, this movie <laughs> is just nuts. <laughs> it is. Um, it's entertaining. Oh, it's very entertaining to watch these two guys together as a team. Yeah, I mean, as as on-screen partnership goes, I mean, even though they're at each other at odds for the entire movie, you really get the sense that they're both having a really good time yeah, making yeah. this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wrote a review many years ago just as a kind of a counterpoint to my own love. <laughs> Not love, <laughs> but my enjoyment of the movie that it, it really is as homophobic a movie oh, as yeah. you could... I mean, a homophobic, mm. misogynist... I mean, it's got... It's homophobic got and the, homoerotic oh, yeah. at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they walk in the show. I mean, they were. I mean, it was a kind of like partnership and friendship where they were doing talk shows together, at, you know, during oh, this yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, I remember they did a bit on Arsenio Hall where, like, they show. Um, uh, there's a scene in the movie where Kurt Russell dresses in, in drag, you know, to mm-hmm, escape, mm-hmm. and they're just like, "Hey, you did that," and then they're just like, "And uh, Arsenio, you once did that, didn't you?" And then they show the scene from Coming to America, <laughs> and like, "And Stallone, what about you?" And then they show the scene from Nighthawks. Uh, you know, yeah. so that was yes, that, this good. was kind of a funny bit. Yeah, um, yeah it, the, the, it's it's as un PC as it gets. Pretty mm-hmm. much. Oh, it is, it yeah. is ridiculous. Not, and it's a, it's a it's a really stupid plot. I mean, yeah. the plot makes very little sense. Oh, the bad guy owns Jack, Jack owns, Palance, right? The bad guy, yeah, Jack Palance owns yeah. these two mice that he only owns them so he can use them as a metaphor for Tango and Cash, and, cash and, tango, and actually tango and cash. builds a live maze for them, like this builds this like gigantic maze for these mice, mm-hmm. just so he can illustrate his metaphorical point about Tango and Cash. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're gonna a guy put, with a lot of time on his this. Hands. We're gonna put them through this. Yeah, watch. What? You're going through the maze. The whole movie, what? you're expecting him to, to kill the mice. I mean, right! The whole movie, you're expecting yeah. him to crush the mice in his hand. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't. Uh, also, intro- kind of an introduction to Terry Hatcher. Mm. Big in, Picture. In the film. She was in Big Picture. She was in Big Picture as well. Very That's memorable. right. That's, yeah, she mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't see that so much later. Sure. But, so yeah, this I is my so introduction to Terry Hatcher. Sure. And uh, it was a very enjoyable one at, at that. Understandable. Yeah. And then uh, we got Steven Spielberg's. Uh, this is the first uh, time Spielberg would do a one-two punch in one year. Give him a chance, Al! Okay, kid, you got a chance. Don't screw it up. Or two right. movies in one year. That's right. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and then Always, which was his Capra. Uh, it was a remake of a guy named Joe, which oh, yeah. Um, yeah. which uh, is featured in Poltergeist in one scene. Um <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and this is <laughs> Richard Dreyfus in the Spencer Tracy role, and um, um, I I really like this movie. I do. Really? It, get, it gets it wins me over every time. I know it's not a perfect film. I know it's not one of Spiel, it's not top tier Spielberg, not like top five, maybe not even top not top ten. But I I like it. Um, I especially like the second half when it's about mm. Holly Hunter's grief. I think Spielberg oh, yeah. really captures that emotion beautifully. Um, the, her sadness and her isolation. There's a moment where she puts on the dress that he gave her, and she like has this 
scene all by herself in her house. And it's just heartbreaking. Um, and uh, I think, and I like, I like, you know, the ending that, I mean, it's, it's the guy named Joe. He pretty much stuck to the script of the, the original script of the mm-hmm. film. But um, a lot of critics, there were some critics who, you know, have been critical of Spielberg in the past, but really like this movie for an interesting reason. And in that they found that Spielberg showed some maturity finally with that ending in that, you know, Richard Dreyfus isn't, you know, the, he's letting go and walking away and not, you know, getting on, you know, uh, finding another ending, you know, that would be more mm-hmm. like Close Encounters or something like that. Um, so I think that there's there's an interesting aspect of it there. Um, and I just, I really like the performances. I like John Goodman a lot. I think there's some really funny scenes in it. It's not perfect. It's, it's really corny at times. Um, but that's Spielberg tapping into his inner Capra, which he had done in the past and still continues to do once in a while um and uh no i and i think the aerial stuff all the all the oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all the forest fire stuff is fantastic i mean oh absolutely a couple years from now uh 1991 you know ron howard's backdraft would get all kinds of praise for you know its technical innovations and how they filmed all these big fire scenes but and i was kind of like well what about always always did a pretty amazing thing and did it with planes. Yeah. Um, you know, when we, when come lose, on, When man. we lose Richard Dreyfus, that's a hell of a moment. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah all that's yeah. really good. No, I, but I, I'm square in the middle on this one. I've, mm-hmm. I like, I like Most parts of are. it. I like parts of it for sure. And I really love Holly Hunter. She can do no wrong. Um, but I never really got emotionally invested to be mm-hmm. honest. I, I it's, it seems like one of those movies that I should, cause I am a sucker for, a Capra-esque story or even something like Ghost I kind of like, you know? I mean, I, I don't mind this type of story, this type of fantasy. And, uh, I mean, I like I like Richard Dreyfuss, um, you know, screaming at, at John Goodman at one point and, uh, you know, being able to communicate the thoughts of the of this new... I just don't like... I don't like that new pilot guy, that actor at Brad all. Johnson. Yeah, Brad... Yeah, no. That, no, he's the weak link yeah. in the film. Yeah, for sure. He kind of... Eh. It's kind of a stiff. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, there are parts of it I like, and, you know, in the end, I'm like, that's fine. I, it's okay. I think I'm square in the middle of you two, actually, <laughs> on this one, as marginally the biggest Spielberg fan in the room. Marginally. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, it's bottom tier for me, and I did rewatch it again, because it, it yeah. has been a long time since I'd seen the movie. So watching it with a fresh set of eyes. And I liked the movie back then. I still like it now, mm-hmm. but I am opposite of Colin that I actually like the first half more than the second half, because mm. the second half seems to be where Spielberg should be turning the screws emotionally, and yeah. I never got there, with mm. the exception Same. of that, that Holly Hunter scene you mentioned is the best scene in the second half For sure. of the movie, yeah. and, and, and I think this is a movie where the performances guide you through what I think is a screenplay that is severely lacking. Mm. Uh, particularly in the second half. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I like the idea that the Brad Johnson character is, you know, he's he's kind of in the mold of Rick Rossovich in Roxanne, that he's <laughs> yeah. kind of a, you know, no, that's a, a, good a beautiful, yeah. big, beautiful man, but kind of a dork. Right. Yeah. You know, and not, not the brightest of bulbs and whatnot. So I, the, there's yeah. something I like about that. That's a good comparison. But it didn't, I, I didn't, then buy that Holly Hunter would fall. For yeah, that's him that's yeah. that's a, a bit a roadblock for me. And so. I always the, the ending of the movie struck me. Again, this is a screenplay, but at the end where you say that you know Richard Dreyfus lets go of Holly Hunter, mm. he gives her permission 
to mm. let go. And I thought that the, I thought that was really weird. Mm. And not just in a modern context, just like mm. I give you permission to forget about me. Mm. I thought that was like that really that rubbed me a yeah. really weird way. Yeah. Because one, why would you want to give someone that permission? Why would you want someone to forget you, even if it is to go on with your life? You can you can do both things. Yeah. You can go why on would, with your you life erase and the memory of. Someone right, you like you, you're so with. in love, like the, like the, like that whole. It's it's a really un Spielberg like movie in many ways, and <laughs> even in the direction that with the, when the interior stuff and just between Dreyfus and Hunter, those courtship scenes, not the courtship, I mean they're together, but leading up to her getting the dress and whatnot. Yeah, they're, they're so beautifully modulated and whatnot, and it doesn't feel like there's any urgency in the movie. Like Spielberg doesn't isn't really waiting to get to the afterlife stuff. There's mm-hmm. a, so there's a a, a a great just like in modulation to just letting these characters have their moments together. And then you get to the afterlife stuff and with the exception of you know, Audrey Hepburn uh, just kind of masterful having her being the angel sure. mm-hmm. sent that's, from that's, heaven. That's, that's nice casting. Uh, it, it, it just it, it didn't feel like it lived up. Like I bet if Spielberg really looked into it, he would want to redo the second half of that movie. Because mm. I think that there's there's there there are larger issues that go unexplored. And mm-hmm. even there's a scene where John Goodman forces Holly Hunter to go back to the the base where they came from, and he like yells at her like you I. I miss yeah. him too, and you're gonna get back on that <laughs> yeah. horse, and you're gonna go back. Yeah, and he, yeah. Like that was... pissed at her. I'm like, that was an odd scene, too. I'm just like, why does everyone leave Holly Hunter alone in her grief? Leave her alone. She's Holly Hunter. Leave and, Holly Hunter and, alone. And, and she's so good. I mean, she's so good. And, and she let is. me ask she's you: the Did best. you rewatch it recently? Yeah. Again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The 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 scene where uh, her and Brad Johnson are driving down the street, and the the school bus starts going, mm-hmm. and you know, did any of you like? Part of your head, you go, oh, this is a Spielberg film. Brad Jones is going to leap on that bus and, like, to stop it. <laughs> part of me was like, well, he's going to leap on that bus now, isn't he? Oh, and they're like, geez. oh, no, the driver stopped it himself. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, not, so it's not, it's Spielberg maturing. I guess that's Spielberg maturing. Uh, no, but I, I like the movie. I, I, I but. No, it's, yeah, you've, you've, it's bought, you've pointed out a lot of flaws that I've heard before, and I, mm-hmm. I grant you them. Yeah. But uh, I don't know; it, it works for me. I don't know. That's good. Um, That's good. But I think before we get to our last movies, like a few things I want to mention that are worth mentioning just for this year. Um, uh, it, Japanese animation got a, a big oh, uh, did it ever? Yeah, kickstart with Akira came out this year. Oh, right. Um, yeah, that pretty yeah. much got the ball rolling, and for the next, you know, God knows how long, but uh, anime just became a big thing, and uh, Akira was kind of the big bang of that. Yes. Um, and then uh, Christoph Kurslowski's The Decalogue came out uh, this year, which is his Amazing. epic 10-episode uh, series uh, that came out in Poland in 88. I think it came out theatrically in the States in 89. Uh, every each uh, film is about one of the Ten Commandments, though not directly. And uh, I forgot what the structure of the theatrical release was for for here, but it did play in theaters um, and and play on and it played on television. And it's one of the, it's it's a it's just uh, it's an amazing piece of work. It absolutely um, is. And it's every episode is different. It's not like you're w- with the same characters. It's just different 
characters, different stories. It's like an anthology thing, but they're all directed by Kozlovsky. Um, and it's on Criterion, which and it's definitely worth picking up, even if you haven't seen it before. Get it. It's great. Uh, and then Peter Jackson's Meet the Feebles also came out this year. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've never been too hot on that one. Yeah, it's you know it's it's hard to take sometime. Uh, it's it's hard to take that movie uh, on first viewing. It's because it's yeah, pretty I've obnoxious. only seen it the one time. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty obnoxious movie, but it kind of grew on me the more I watched it. Okay, um, it's better than Happy Town Murders, I think, um, <laughs> for whatever that's worth. Uh, and it's basically. It, and because this one is all puppets, there are no humans in it at all. Right. But it's a pretty uh, obscene film, <laughs> too. Uh, so, yeah. So just wanted to mention those three things. Um, and uh, I did not see this on Box Office Mojo. And I even typed in the title to see what the official year was. But one of my favorite directors, Hal Hartley. Oh. Uh, his movie, The Unbelievable Truth, I believe is a 1989 I release. I believe you're right. It's him. I'm sure it's him. It's been a long time. Yeah, I wasn't so sure before, but now I'm positive. We got the mass murder in the garage. Who'd he kill? Pearl's sister. I don't want you coming anywhere near Audrey. I think he seems like a nice man, and you like him, right? He doesn't seem like a killer. Maybe he isn't. Let's make a deal. A what? The immediate effects of a 20 megaton bomb are not different in kind Come from on, those Audrey. of a 12 and a half kilo. You gotta play the game. Shut up and take the money. Here, take it. Don't be so goddamn polite. So it's on my list. Film. But okay. Yeah. Tr- Trust is 90. Uh, but I'm this. I mean, maybe it just came out in such a short, limited run, like in New York or something. Right. But uh, I just, I, I mean, Adrian Shelley and uh, just the introduction of a really singular voice in independent filmmaking mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, was really influenced by Godard and had a very strange sense of humor a very dry sardonic sarcastic uh almost like a mammoth like delivery sometimes from his characters where they would just you couldn't tell they were joking or being serious with how they would deliver their lines uh but just again strange sense of humor strange sensibility but um really spoke to me like but his first two movies in particular i think are really strong so um, mm-hmm. If trust is on, is a, is a, is mentioned next year, we can talk more about him. But I I do think he's a great director. Yeah, okay, that's a good movie to bring up. But uh, we're gonna end with a movie that closes out this decade in uh, a very in, good way. In a very good way, um, though controversial, and this director would certainly uh, court controversy again as to this his, day. In, to <laughs> this day, yeah. But uh, I think the best, you know. The way this decade closes out with Do the Right Thing and Roger and Me, I think, is uh, a pretty remarkable sort of one-two punch um, yeah. to this decade. I'm Michael Moore. In my hometown of Flint, Michigan, General Motors closed the factories and put 30,000 people out of work. To raise their spirits, I made this movie. Fire, and went off to find GM Chairman Roger Smith to get some answers. Boy, was he hard to get to. We're going to have to ask you to leave the club. Do you want me to call Roger Smith? That's all flimmers. Call General Motors. I really don't know. I don't think we've met. Do you have an appointment? Mr. Smith is not in. I don't understand. Would you mind leaving? So while looking for Roger, I got to know some of the people in my hometown a bit better. Like Deputy Fred. I treat a person the way I would like to be treated. Sheriff's Department. And I met a neighbor or two. I was color analyzed by someone in the IMS line 
who are the people who taught me to do colors, and I've discovered that I am another season. Talk to a PR guy at GM. Because a guy is an automobile executive does not make him inhuman. I've talked to enough of them, I know what their concerns are. I met some celebrities. I was born here in Flint, but I don't know anything about it. Uh, Roger and Me was a surprise um, hit because it was a documentary and it was picked up by a major studio, Warner Brothers, and they released it theatrically and it uh, came, it didn't, uh, I mean, it it gave it a platform release, but it quickly spread and became wildly popular. And uh, I saw it in a suburban theater pretty early in its release. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it was, you know, the announcement of another fearless voice in, uh, in movies along with uh, Steven Soderbergh this year. Uh, so, uh, this was Michael Moore's attack on, uh, General Motors and its CEO, Roger, um, not Roger Moore, (laughs) Roger Smith. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it's got a lot of things that Moore would be famous for doing later in his films, you know, trying to get the interview and being locked out and being kicked out of places and, Um, a montage set to a pop song, right? You know, of all the of thing. things that are going horribly wrong in Reagan, yeah. Reagan's America, um, and uh, I, I think it's still one of his best films. Um, you know, whatever I think of uh, um, uh, Michael Moore, Michael Moore, bleh, it's late. I'm getting, <laughs> it's ugh. me too. I feel uh, <laughs> you know, I, I got issues with a lot of his movies now, but this one, you know, it's tight. It's ninety minutes. Um, there's a lot of, you know, the point that he's making, I think is relevant to, it's still relevant to its time. Um, and it's, uh, so I, I still think it's, I, th- I, I still think the movie holds up mostly. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I, I'm at the time. I, I mean, it was like my one or two sec- first or second favorite film of the year. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't seen it for a while Yeah, <laughs> until yeah. I mean, I, I remember seeing trailers for it on pay-per-view and not knowing what it was. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, is this a documentary? What is this? Because, like, this guy is actually talking into the camera. <laughs> like, I wasn't even sure what to make of it when I first saw it. But um, it just brought to uh, brought to light a lot of things. I Again, similar to Do the Right Thing, like you mentioned, that I had no idea about in yeah. terms of cor- corporate culture and uh, what was going on in Flint, Michigan, which, unfortunately, is still plagued with issues to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it really was enlightening. It still is. I mean, there's still things about Michael Moore that do rub me the wrong way, but this is still, you know, like you said, an an introduction to a great voice that has a lot of, you know, important things to say, even if I don't like the way he says them sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and something to be said, obviously, about having your heart and, you know, in the right place, obviously, Mm -hmm. as he, he clearly does in this film. And, you know, for better or worse, I mean, he kind of changed you know a lot of stuff about documentaries and the yeah, way that we, sure. we look at things again for better or for worse in the same way that people think Siskel and Ebert you know changed culture with the thumbs uh, at the very least he gets both of them get you talking about mm-hmm. the, the subject matter yeah, and I think I think him and Her- Errol Morris changed the documentary most certainly filmmaking yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and some people you know use that for good some people use it for bad but uh, it, it, it was an important film back then it's still you know, in many ways, holds holds up today. Um, yeah, Micah Moore has been incredibly problematic uh, over the years, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but again, you know, he's he he's he's 
he's trying to be on the right side of history yeah. as we yeah. all are and you know sometimes you want him to pull back a little bit other times you want him to go further and uh, you know this was the launching pad of uh, of a, a movement in many ways and uh it, it's a film that you know that shouldn't be forgotten no matter what you think you know you, I, one thing i i hate about every year we go on is that you know something happens and people want to revise history as if it didn't <laughs> happen mm-hmm. and as problematic as people things people say or do over the years at a time when it was important then it was still important then it might you know your view of it may have been skewed in some way but at the time it was a major thing and it has again for better or worse influenced where we are today uh in many ways made document documentaries a more palatable thing for a lot of people yeah no for sure i mean i remember being in a theater for um uh Fahrenheit 9/11, was that the, the new one? Not the yeah the the Bush one. 9/11. Yeah. Yeah. And just the 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 fact that it was a crowded theater for a documentary. Yes. Mm-hmm. And them all reacting in yeah. unison to certain things. I thought. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, the, you can make these powerful statements in a way that is digestible, but not necessarily talking down to the yeah. audience too. And I think he does that. He has good intentions, but sometimes his execution, again, rubs me the wrong way. But I think. Here, it's an example of him doing mostly good throughout. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. it's a great film. Yeah. An important one. Yep. And so, there we have it. We're done with the 80s. 1989. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's over. We did it. All right. Okay, let's go to sleep. (laughs) Um, So, okay. We're going to run down our lists. I I know we we did get an email saying they were curious about our favorite films of the 80s. We're going to save that for next year. We're just going to sort of like do that before we launch into 1990. It almost feels like its own show. Yeah, <laughs> it really does, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Why would we want to go through that so quickly? That's, that's true. Yeah, I can't I, just. I look. have a lot to say okay. about Vamp. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Don't we all? <laughs> all right. I, 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 I'll let you, you guys go first. You're the guest, technically. So I want. I want all right. We'll go Colin, Eric, me. Number 10, The Abyss. Number 9, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Number eight, The Decalogue. Number seven, War of the Roses. Number six, Say Anything. Number five, Crimes and Misdemeanors. Number four, Little Mermaid. Number three, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Number two, Field of Dreams. And number one, Do the Right Thing. Very good. Okay. Uh, A few few here. Uh, My number ten is Sex, Lies, and Videotape. My number nine is The War of the Roses. My number eight is Glory. Number seven, Back to the Future Part Two. Number six, For All Mankind. Five, Miracle mm. Mile. Four, The Abyss. Three, Say Anything. Two, Born on the Fourth of July. And number one, Field of Dreams. <sighs> Very good. Okay, number ten, I believe we have a match, Colin. The Abyss. Uh, number nine, Back to the Future Part Two. Number eight, Yes, I like it this much. The big picture. Hmm. Number seven, Drugstore Cowboy. Number six, Say Anything. Number five, Crimes and Misdemeanors. Definitely uh, top three, Woody Allen for me. Number four, Miracle Mile. Number three, Field of Dreams. Number two, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. And number one, Do the Right Thing. 
people. So what do we have? Four complete matches on all of I, our lists? Yeah, like Field that. of Dreams, The Abyss. Say Anything. Say Anything was on your Sex Lies. Yeah. Sex Lies and Videotape. Yep. Not bad. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't... I know last year I was like, I'm really looking forward to 1989, but it wasn't a super strong year in general, overall. At least from the rewatches I had, I was like, you know, okay. it's funny. Like I was looking ahead at 1990, a year that I never thought much of 1990, and I was like, looking at what what's coming, what what's ahead, and I was like, I'm actually really looking forward to Me 1990 too. now. Yeah, just multiple rewatches of Bird on a Wire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, yeah, this was actually a very hard list for me to make because because uh, sort of right in the middle of my film education, if you will, uh, a, a mixture of movies that are favorites and mm -hmm. movies that, from a critical eye, uh, lo looking at. So, you know, like yeah. Last Crusade is very close to mm -hmm. making that list and, and stuff like that. And so Yeah. Yeah, and when I think of, like, you know, some sometimes nostalgia plays into it. Like yeah, Back absolutely. to the Future Part Two. I don't know if it's a great movie that necessarily belongs in the top ten. Same with the Big Picture, but just I have such fond memories mm -hmm. and great viewing experiences that play into my love of the movie in general sure. too. So yeah, but yeah, so this was is I, great. Was, was I wrong? Parents, best horror film of 1989. Oh, considering what we went uh, through, yeah, he's the, he's the Shocker fan. Talk to That's him. True, I like yeah. Shocker. <laughs> okay, well, there uh, again, a movie mm. that was questionable. Um, whether if it was a 1989 release, it's a movie called Intruder I, you know, by I'm, Scott Spiegel. I'm going to throw up Monkey Wrench and thing. I'm going to say Miracle Mile is the best horror movie <laughs> of the year. Yeah, yeah right okay. Now. You can go there. For different yeah. reasons. Yeah. Thank you again, guys. This was mm -hmm. a, a blast, as always. Yeah. I look forward to it every year. Where can people reach you in the uh, digital sphere uh, uh, you podcasting catch, catch me on the Now Play Network on the Movie Madness podcast. Never uh, heard of it. Uh, never. <laughs> you can catch me there uh, every week on WGN Radio. Um, past shows with Colin Suter, current shows with Mr. Jim Laskowski. Mm. Uh, all of those, all of that stuff is linked at uh, eFilmCritic. And then uh, my appearances on Business First AM on, I think it's the Learning Channel now on cable, uh, at 5 in the morning on Thursdays. Wow. See me then. Yeah, that's great. On the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still writing about short films for RogerEbert.com. Um, my next article is, they're usually up on the first Tuesday of the month, but this month it'll be a week late cause they're doing a special feature next week. Um, it'll be about a short film called pocket, which is on Vimeo right now. Hmm. Um, and uh, you can hear me on Christmas movies, actually, with uh, Carrie Finnegan. Yay. And our next episode will be about the man who invented Christmas. <laughs> um, and then after that, it'll be Ernest Saves Christmas. So uh, tune into that. That's a lot of fun. And it's those of you in the Chicagoland area, if you're in the Music Box Theater realm from mm -hmm. May 17th to the 23rd, the Chicago Critics Film Festival will be returning for its seventh year. Yes. Colin Suter will be programming the shorts. Mm -hmm. We will be all programming the movies. And uh, we are looking forward to a pretty interesting year. Yeah. I'm excited for that. You should be. It's always like the fact that you have in May, my birthday month, it's a, it's a birthday mm -hmm. present to me. I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm mainly at Letterboxd as Now Playing Jim, at Twitter, Now Playing Jim, though I mostly retweet. <laughs> uh, and I might occasionally... I appreciate that. 
by the way, the retweets. Yeah, I just, uh, even when I was watching the Oscars, I'm like, I don't have anything to say about this crap. I don't know. <laughs> I was just getting frustrated. I didn't have anything to say. that. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, like, I start reading other people's tweets. I'm like, oh, they just said something clever, and I can't really Yeah, if, if someone beats that. me to it, I just yeah. retweet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, of course, I occasionally do interviews and reviews over at VoicesVisions.net. And, uh, yeah, you should stay tuned for some more content from Brad Nell here at DirectorsClubPodcast.com. And, of course, please visit NowPlayingNetwork.net. That's where you can find us all. All righty. Thanks mm -hmm. again, guys. Thank you. Thank See you, you in the year. See you. Bye-bye. a night job. I, um, I round up those uh, shopping carts that are left out on the sidewalks, you know? I, um, I was thinking about doing a documentary about it. You know, the, the people that leave them there? Why do they leave them there? Are, are, are they making a statement about the supermarket? Or about society? You know, I, um, I interviewed a couple of them. <laughs> and the whole thing became so fucking boring that I um, gave up. <laughs>